Okay. Well, should be... work. Why is it not working? Maybe this needs to set up. There okay, now it's, alive. Mm -hmm. it's previewing. An error occurred. This panic, this pandemic was started by Corey Good. Of course it was. And we have absolute proof from Jay Widener. That might be the hot mic, you never know. That's okay. <laughs> you blame it on me. <clears throat> All right, there we go. We are live. It's working. Yay. <laughs> All right, everybody. Let's cut to the cut back to my face, which is two. Oh, look at this! I got my my own special extra sizzle jacket for you because that's how much I love you. I've got to deliver something that is profound, a jacket that truly redefines bad taste and cheesiness. <laughs> but you know what? I, <laughs> I had it in my closet, and uh, it had to come out of the closet. Yeah, I said I like gay clothes. I'm not kidding. This is very, very gay outfit. But uh, you know what? It makes me feel good. And I'm married, so nobody can complain about that. And I don't really care. Because you know what? I love this jacket. And I love the way it looks, and I love the way it feels, and it uh, makes me feel important, you know? So we're just going to go with it. Hope you, <laughs> hope you guys are having a good day, because uh, I'm having a great day. A lot of good stuff going on right now. We are... Uh, kicking ass and taking names. The cabal is on its last legs, and this is a very exciting time to be alive. And uh, there's a lot of cool stuff happening in the world today, so I appreciate you guys being here. I appreciate you uh, joining this show. And just to give you a little background on me, in case you don't already know that, uh-oh, now he's going to go and talk about himself. New York Times bestselling author, yeah, we got lower thirds that she can fire off to show you that. Uh, they're very flashy and fancy and nice. Remember how to do that? Okay, you just got to click on it and awesome. My wife is running the slides today and uh, she's going to do a great job. I have no lack of faith in that. Um, so, yeah, I wrote some books and, <laughs> and Danny Brinkley's my director. He's back there as well, so... Uh, we, uh, we have a lot of things to offer. Let's see how the hair's looking. Yeah, it looks pretty California. You know, this is a guy who lives in California. He's out there getting sunshine, enjoying the pandemic as much as possible. The pandemic tan is one of the things that I am starting to work on here because, you know, what else are we going to do? We got to sit around all day in the house and figure out ways to entertain ourselves. So in the midst of all this, uh, I have been pursuing justice for the planet and for humanity going all the way back to 2007 when I first went public with an article called The Great Revealing discussing this idea of the cabal and what are they, the so-called Illuminati. Ooh, ooh, scary. Well, I found out about this stuff from a college class as I've said in these other shows. It was my grade in the class to be able to say things like how the Western Wall Street corporations financed and supported Hitler, 
on multiple levels, the entire Wehrmacht was a product of Western technology, financing, logistics, etc. Well, wait a minute, that means that uh, we were fighting against ourselves. Well, they have a philosophy in this secret group called Order Out of Chaos, or Ordo Ab Chao. And what they try to do is they try to finance both sides of a conflict so that regardless of which one wins, they get more power and more control. So you can imagine how upsetting it was being a college student and being graded on this stuff. And I've showed you the books I have sitting around here of those uh, texts from Charles Higgum and Anthony Sutton, uh, which my professors obviously had studied. So now they told me in the 1990s, you know, well, if you understand this, you could make a lot of money on it. Um, there is a way for that to happen. So uh, I'm not saying that I ever took advantage of that, but uh, the possibility exists for others to do so. Why are we doing this broadcast? My director, Danny Brinkley, has just asked me that question. I don't know. I'm just bored, and I just wanted to talk, and my ego needs feeding, you know? So that's all it is. <laughs> well, yeah, we're going <laughs> to... C's worse than me. <laughs> no, I don't need any ego feeding. Come on, I've had this live streaming set up for, what, five years, and I've hardly ever used it. But I just decided to dust it off now that we built it up. And anyway, we're going to do a mass... <laughs> it's nice that all these... Different voices get to contribute to how I do my show, and that's totally cool. So we're doing a meditation today because, first of all, let's go to the first slide. This is the kind of crap that the mainstream media is showing you right now, okay? This is uh, New York Intelligencer, and it was, you know, I hate that when they don't even give you the date. They just say, oh, 10.54 a.m., because it's like so intense that we don't even want to tell you what day it is, because you know, you saw it today. This is fresh. Well, this just came out a couple days ago, and they're saying, yeah... We're probably only one-tenth of the way through this pandemic. Well, wait a minute. Now, let's just do the numbers here, right? One-tenth of the way through, two months that we've been in shutdown, more or less, right? It's like mid-March. Now we're, well, it's one month, I guess, right? So it's mid-March to mid-April. So one-tenth of the way through, they're talking about not opening society until next year. And that's a ridiculous... It's just... as If you guys have seen the previous shows, and again, at a certain point, I can't repeat everything that I've already been saying because then it's just the same show over and over again. There is critical, vital information that I've been giving you in previous broadcasts that I want you to have, because I want you to be aware of how overblown a lot of this data is. So just to go over some of the highlights that you will see with all the scientific rigor, if you go through previous broadcasts of mine, first of all, it's 500% more lethal to Asians than it is to uh, any other race. And that was proven by a Chinese scientific study that I've showed you, that it actually targets certain cells in the Asian lungs called ACE2 receptors. This coronavirus is apparently very comfortable with those, more than in any other type of lung tissue, and it happens to be 500% more likely in Asians and 80% more likely in Asian men. So this is a disease that actually targets Asian men, and now there's statistics coming out where it also happens to be preferentially going after blacks. Uh, there are questions about why that is. Of course, everyone wants to blame black people for things like lifestyle, sugar consumption, diabetes. That's racism, man. That's not, that's not cool, and I don't believe it. I don't think it's true. I actually do think that when all of this shakes down, 
that you're going to find out that there is some type of bioweapon here, that it is targeting Asians and blacks, and that it is done so by design. That is my opinion. That is not a fact. That is an opinion. Okay? So, apart from those statistics, we also had some very fascinating stuff. Uh, I believe the guy's name was Dr. Paolo Vernazza. And he was an immunologist. You can go back to the previous show. He's from Italy, and they got in the data from China and Italy of people who had actually been tested, and we know for a fact that they tested positive for coronavirus, because in these countries, you got a lot more testing going on than what you have here. Now, what was the big reveal? 85% of everybody who tests positive for coronavirus never even knew they had it. They literally didn't even know they had anything wrong. So then if you got that, it is 85%. And I've already seen, by the way, and I didn't have time to do this because we have this great show going on that I'm going to be doing again tomorrow called The Great Awakening. And it's our special class. And I'm doing so many slides for that. And all my, the, mo the bulk of my preparation is on that because that's a paid class. And, and I want to really deliver for all those of you who signed up for that, I really thank you. Um, it's, it's an awesome thing, and we'll talk more about that later. But uh, anyway, here we are, and we're looking at 85% of people not even noticing they have it, which means then in the other categories, you're going to have maybe, I don't know, 10% that, you know, had the typical Tom Hanks thing, right? And, and remember, Tom Hanks, they came out with that at the beginning, and I jumped right on that one because here's a, a public figure, you know, and some people have a very negative opinion of him now based on things that are out there on the internet, but whatever. Public figure and his wife, they both had COVID, and all he had was body aches, and all she had was body aches and some chills, and they got through it and everything was fine. So, given that we're in a very highly contagious area here in Los Angeles, I am quite certain that I got this thing because for about a month I was exhausted and I had to sleep about 10 hours a day. Other than that, you know, based on the fact of my age range and that I have no comorbidities, I do not expect any other problems. We already got it, and, and, and that's the thing. So this, this virus, it's only, it's like 90% of the people that are going to die from this are 70 or above, right? And that's not comforting for somebody who's 70 or above, okay? But what it does tell us is, that, wait a minute, you know, this is not just some crazy thing that everybody's going to die from. And we all know this now. So the social distancing, okay, I'm not saying that's bad. And I'm not saying at all that we should be organizing protests where people stop doing what they do uh, and stay, stop staying in the house and go out in crowds because F you, all this stuff. I'm not saying that. But we saw the data from the immunologists in my previous shows where this thing has a bell curve. It peaks really fast, it drops off really fast. We remember uh, the Nobel Prize winning guy, Mark Levitt, who uh, actually won the Nobel Prize for Chemistry in 2013. I called him the Jimi Hendrix of Immunologists, and I said, here he is explaining to us, hey look everybody, this is a media-induced panic, so you don't have to take my word for it. I'm not giving you fake news, I'm reporting on one of the top immunologists in the world. And what is he actually saying? He's saying, hey, look, you guys, the media is making this a lot worse. And the consequences of us staying inside for this long and what's happening to the global economy are a lot worse. 
So guess what? I showed you back from 2000 the Illuminati whistleblower Savali, where she actually had quotes that were, uh, oh, yeah, I can, I'll follow the rabbit. I'll follow the rabbit. I'm sorry. Okay, so, um, yeah, we can direct me and get me around on cameras, and then you get to see more of this amazing jacket, which I know is the only reason really why you're here. You know, the jacket pretty much holds your attention. All the rest is just kind of, we just put content in. It doesn't really matter what it is. It's just about the jacket. So. <laughs> Got to have some fun with this, you know? So anyway, uh, I'm really excited about the fact that the wheels are falling off of this thing. People are awakening to the truth, and it's really not that bad, right? I mean, if you're in America and you actually paid your taxes, you're getting checks from the government. My brother's already gotten his. They wire transfer it right into your account, $1,200. Now there's a bill for it to be $2,000. I did get intel from Pete Peterson going all the way back to 2009 saying that they were going to be giving people money uh, as we go through this uh, defeat of the cabal. Um, I probably should not leak the number that I heard, but what the heck. It was $10,000 was what I was hearing that they were going to give everybody um, for every American who is an adult at least, I guess. And I don't know what the thing was with kids, but $10,000 was what I was hearing. But that was 11 years ago, you know, and so now they're actually saying, you know, for as long as this thing lasts, we're going to keep, uh, keep that number, you know, you're going to get paid, right? So it's, it's actually, okay, look, if you don't have, if you're, if you're not over 70, okay, and then the other key buzzword that somebody like Dr. Oz uses really fast, okay, I had to slow him down to listen to what he was saying when, they, when the QAnon linked to it, okay, Comorbidities are a big deal, right? So if you already have some kind of pre-existing health condition that's dangerous, then you're at greater risk of this thing being something negative for you. But if you don't have comorbidities, more than li and you're under 70, the chances are very likely that if you got it, you wouldn't even know. And so again, I just I, I long for the the elixir of sanity to be drunk in the media, but it's just not there. And so you've got to look at this thing pragmatically and say, how in the world did they pull off this global magic trick to get everybody so freaking scared about a virus that targets Asians 500% more and Asian males 80% more than females, okay? Targeting blacks, that's really disturbing, okay? And then you're trying to tell me that this whole thing is so scary that we got to kill the world to save these people. We got to kill the world. We got to kill everybody off. And oh my God, the deaths, the deaths, the deaths. Okay, but wait a minute, right? If we leave society shut down the way it is now, you have all of these people who theoretically, and I'm going to underline that for just what I'm going to say in a minute, theoretically... They're out of business. Theoretically, there's no coming back. So imagine being in a house fire. Thankfully, in this lifetime, I've never had it happen to a house I actually lived in. But imagine your house is burning down, right? And you're standing there outside the house, and flames are billowing out of the house, right? And you don't know what the heck is going on, except that your freaking house is burning down. And okay, well, there's this thing called American Red Cross, and they come and they give you some blankets, and then they give you this 
place that you can stay because your house is all smoky and watery because they dump water on it and everything. Whatever the smoke and the fire doesn't do, the, the water pretty much kills everything else. So your house burns down, you're done. You know, like whatever you had in the house, pretty much toast. So imagine what it's like as a global experience for everybody to be watching their house burn down at the same time. We've never had anything like that before. That's what's happening. So if you don't understand what's really going on, that this is actually the last attempt by this evil force that is a lot more evil than people want to believe. The same force that brought you the Kennedy assassination, the same force that brought you 9-11, the same force that brought you economic inequality times a thousand, which is really metrically ever since 2008 we have been in a Great Depression. They just didn't call it that. But I didn't realize why the media was holding back on that word until now. Now they want to call this a depression because it's actually worse than everything that we've had up until then. Even though wages have plummeted, unemployment has been an issue, and of course a lot of people are just living at home. Millennials have become a lost generation. It's very, very sad, and it's not going to continue this way. Uh, I believe that what we are going through right now is a fundamental geopolitical revolution on a global scale. And the aftermath of this is incredibly, incredibly exciting because it leads to a realignment of the political power structure on Earth that is far more in favor of the people and far less beneficial to the typical fat cats who have up until now reigned supreme over our discourse. They define the conversation. They own the press, they own the media, and they are not working on our best interest. And so it is a very important point to underline that since 2009, I was given briefings from very high level military intelligence contacts, of which that network I'm still working with, by the way. Pete Peterson had a whole network of people. It wasn't just him. And I got plugged into that network. And so I can still get briefings sometimes, although they've really dried up because of this police action that's going on. And I've been reporting this to you. I've been telling you since 2009 that you were going to need to stay home, that there would be something like martial law in America, that you'd need to, or you would want to stay home, and that you needed to have food and water in the house to make your life easier. And now here we are. So then, of course, we were talking about the idea that there's a police action going on. Let's see if we can pop over to that one. We've been talking about the fact that there's a police action going on in the world and that uh, there is this arrest of the cabal underway. But how do you accomplish something of such incredible magnitude? How, do you, how does the deep state arrest itself? Right? How do you take this entity that has penetrated its way into our society to such a degree that the top 151 corporations actually earn 80% of all the money in the world. That was the Swiss Federal Institute of Technology study from Dr. James Glatfelder, right? That we have this incredibly vast amount of information coming our way showing to us that the global financial system is rigged. We had this thing called the LIBOR scandal, which is London interbank originating rate, and it basically proved that these corporations that are supposedly in competition with each other, these mega banks, are actually rigging their credit scores to appear more credit worthy than they are. Well, that's called fraud, and that's a very basic thing that we don't want in our society. 
So, oh, we got another note now. We're trying to balance the concert. Yes, that's definitely coming up. So we'll, I, I'm laying a little groundwork, but okay, what the heck, we'll jump right to that if you want. Today, we are going up against this, which is a show called One World Together at Home. And guess who is leading the whole thing? And guess who is uh, responsible for this? And so this is a poster that was circulated all over the internet, okay? And it says, uh, create, curated in collaboration with Lady Gaga. And one of the things that I hope you can see right off the bat is that the O in home is actually made from an all-seeing eye, okay? There is an all-seeing eye in the O. And so what do you, you know, let's go back to this camera again. So what do you know about the cabal, right? They always do this kind of thing with the, with the hands, right? That's a very common thing that you see people doing. And then in the logo that you see here on the slide, once again, you can see that the two hands are actually making a kind of like that symbol. I mean, yeah, it's different because they're making the shape of the house. Okay, fine. But then if you look right over to Lady Gaga, you got the same red dot, and it's in the middle of her forehead, which symbolizes the all-seeing eye. And then there's, there's the two, uh, two lines, the two red lines, which it's upside down, yeah. But if you flip that sucker upside down, you've got the, the all-seeing eye. You've got the pyramid all-seeing eye symbol, okay? And then, to make it even more fun, okay, look at the poster again here and notice that there it is, World Health Organization, right? So, oh, the World Health Organization is spotting this. Well, that's good because any organization that's, that's for the world and, and has to do with health, it must be great, right? Well... You know, when you start to learn about the cabal, you find out that a lot of this stuff is Orwellian. And just because something says it's, it's for world health, it might actually be just the opposite. One of the things that the Alliance linked to, and the Alliance, of course, is this wonderful group of international uh, countries uh, that are working together to defeat this scourge on our society. There is a war going on right now. Saudi Arabia is selling off all their oil because they're trying to make it so that the people that profit from oil are not being able to be in business anymore. There is a fight to the death. This, what's happening right now is like the good guys and the bad guys have jumped off of a cliff like in the Matrix, right? And they got guns and they're trying to shoot each other as they fall, okay? It is, in a way, it's like a leap. We've leaped off the cliff on a global level. So let's just take another look at this thing, the one world together at home, okay? First of all, Anything that says one world, the only word missing is one world order. We've heard them talk about they want to have a one world order, a new world order for a long time. And then you got all the likely suspects here. So you can see, for example, uh, if you look at this poster and if you can zoom in on your screen or if you're watching it on the big screen, it says hosted by Jimmy Fallon, Jimmy Kimmel, and Stephen Colbert. Well, there you go. And I hate to diss anybody really, but... There's been a lot of stuff that these guys have been doing as the big media talking heads for late night television on the major cable, well no, not they're broadcast networks. They're the original networks that used to be able to tune in on your rabbit ear television, right? They have been saying a lot of stuff that really, really supports this cabal agenda. And so then you look at the list of names of all the people that are going to be in this thing. Uh, and you see, for example, just on the first row, 
Billie Eilish, okay, and that, of course, we talked about her work in a previous show uh, that she was on the Grammy Awards and won like every freaking category. I don't, I don't even remember how many it was. The only other person who almost did that well was Christopher Cross uh, back when he came out with that wonderful song, Sailing, and then, of course, the Arthur's theme. Uh, so Christopher Cross had a great debut with his album, and it was a brilliant, wonderful album. Uh, and I genuinely mean that. Um, and I don't blame most of the people in the music industry, but Billie Eilish, I'm sorry, you know, we love you and everything, and that's all fine, but like, they used you, okay? So if you don't understand what happened, when they make you dress up like Satan over and over again in these music videos that you're doing, and then they give you all these awards, you probably want to spend some time sober <laughs> thinking about what the hell is happening to your life. I'm just going to put that out there and let that one incubate and let it outgas into the room a little bit, you know? Billy, uh, if, if they're putting black eyes on you, if your eyes are totally black and you got demonic wings and, and your face is a ugh, you know, it's like you're probably being used, okay? It's very, very disturbing stuff. And then, of course, what else did they do? They lit up the day for the Grammy Awards by having a sacrifice which is what I think happened to Kobe Bryant. Because his helicopter pilot had done that thing a hundred times, and we were talking about this. They have altimeters in them. And it tells you how far you are from the ground automatically by computer, okay? So you can fly in the, in the fog, because the thing is gonna look through the fog with radar and tell you where the ground is. And then the actual data from the black box shows that this helicopter went into free fall. So it actually was falling at free fall speed. It, it, it had nothing to do with crashing against the ground because he couldn't see where he was going. He was shot down. And then they had this predictive programming where in at least three examples, there was a Nike commercial, there was the Chamberlain Heights television show, and then there was also this very strange thing where he was in a, a commercial with a little kid in a peanut costume and he's driving the car and they keep almost crashing the car. And then during the Super Bowl, they were going to have this weird, the death of Mr. Peanut. After however many hundred years, Mr. Peanut is dead. And they had this scene of him in the commercial where he's clinging to this branch, and there's other guys, and he saves their life by letting go, and he, and he falls to his death. Well, again, Mr. Peanut, and then you got Kobe Bryant, and then the Mr. Peanut uh, eyeglass is what they were using, and it looks like a cue. Q, of course, is a reference to the president because the QAnon thing is what the alliance I heard about in 2009 morphed into. It became this. So, okay, check out this poster again, and let's just zoom in on a little bit more. They are putting it right in your face here. You got the two hands. They're making that symbol. They've got the all-seeing eye in the middle, which you saw on Lady Gaga's forehead, just to underline the point. And then they also got the O in global, which is highlighted. And notice, too, that they actually did offset that O a little bit. It's a little bit wonky. Um, and then notice, of course, what do you have in the middle of the World Health Organization symbol? A reptilian, a nice little snake, which of course is supposed to be, you know, the symbol of the Hippocratic Oath. But uh, anyway, at the last minute, who did they add in but the Rolling Stones? Um, and I guess they're gonna be beaming in from home, but, um, Look, you guys, you know, I mean, my father is a, is a gigantic Rolling Stones fan, and I guess this will probably eliminate the likelihood that he's ever going to get to meet, meet Mick or, or uh, Keith. But, 
If you guys come out with an album called Their Satanic Majesty's Request, and yet another album called Goat's Head Soup, mm-hmm, yeah, those things happened. And then what was their big hit? Sympathy for the Devil, where they're taking the devil's perspective in the song, and they're explaining that, that his name is Lucifer, and I'm in need of some restraint, right? Just call me Lucifer, I'm in need of some restraint. So, yeah, there's something strange going on because the Rolling Stones were brought on to a show in England, which is how everybody found, fell in love with them. It was called Top of the Pops. And the host of that show is Jimmy Seville, who is the most notorious pedophile in history. Okay? He had like 38 children's hospitals. And there's reports that came in from some of those hospitals of ceremonies being done there that involved candles and robes and people chanting, literally chanting, Ave Satanas, which means Hail Satan. So, that's true. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that this is upsetting content, but I believe in sobriety. I believe in emotional sobriety. And you're not going to solve the problem by acting like nothing's going on. You're not going to solve the problem by being a, a, an ostrich. You got to look at stuff that's upsetting. We, we laugh about it. We have some fun about it. And so why not? You know, people started sending me this stuff and they said, David, this one world together at home thing, one world, right. Hmm. It's probably the very last time that they will be able to do something like this. Now, I am not saying that everybody in there is guilty of anything. In fact, the majority of the people that are performing in this thing are good people and they're fine, okay? All we're going to be looking for, you guys, is making sure that you don't step out of line and start trying to show us Illuminati symbols, like uh, what they were doing at the Grammys, multiple images of cities on fire. Now think about this realistically for a second. Let's just say that people suspected something was foul play with Kobe Bryant, right? Because they knocked off another black celebrity right before the Grammys before. And this was Whitney Houston. She was in her hotel room before the Grammys, and they find her face down dead in her bathtub. And then there was this strange commercial that they were airing through Pepsi-Cola that had Elton John as the king, and I'm not saying Elton had anything to do with this, I don't believe he did. Elton is a very, very talented musician. I love his music, and that's just completely true. Um, he, he's one of the most fantastic songwriters of the 20th century, in my opinion. So, anyway, this commercial features somebody who obviously is supposed to be a, a replica of Whitney Houston. She's got a big butterfly on her forehead, which is a symbol of monarch mind control programming. And the, the, the king actually has a jester who comes out, and he can't sing. And then he pulls this lever and the jester falls through the floor into a trap door down there. And then this other woman comes out, not the Whitney Houston character, but another one who obviously represents Mariah Carey. And she sings really well and she impresses the king. So the, the background chatter that we had on that was that uh, Whitney Houston no longer could sing. You could see that in her other videos. She had, she had ruined her voice due to things like crack cocaine and alcohol addiction. And as a result of that, they felt that she was going to bomb at the performance. And apparently they, they uh, assassinated her by having an operative go in there and drown her in her own bathtub uh, to create a sacrifice. And so you have to understand that when they do these uh, music ceremonies, they, they consider that to be a ritual. Okay? And so a lot of times you will see symbolism in these 
shows that they believe is a religious sacrament. But those religious sacraments include things like people dancing around in blood, people wearing horns, horned costumes on their heads, uh, fire, and all kinds of weird, disturbing, uh, anti-Christianity, anti-Western anti religion, and all-seeing eyes, and black and white tile floors, and of course the one that most people are not yet really clicking in on really quick is the arch of ball where you have this arch the two pillars and then there's an arch over the top of them man they do that stuff so much and so you know what you guys we started doing our saturday meditations for world peace and all of a sudden you guys belt out with this saturday thing and you're probably going to try to work in some of your uh, symbols into this and and so what we're going to do here before i'm done is we're going to do a meditation to create some light strength to try to steer this thing back on course so that just in case these usual suspects actually do the same crap they've done so many other times and they start showing you really weird disturbing imagery and they start trying to steer us towards one world right one of the briefings i got from an insider that we call bruce was that they wanted to d they the cabal wanted to deindustrialize the West. And what does that mean? That means, you know, why, when we saw the little girl who got so angry, Greta Thunberg, ah, I can't stand what we're doing to the environment, it's just driving me. Okay, and uh, that's cool, you know, but is there something else going on that she doesn't know? She's a little girl, okay? Why did Hillary Clinton and Obama and all these people say, go Greta, go, you know, go get them? Well, because there was this UN mandate for a carbon cap. And the idea was that the, the climate is in such disastrous condition that we have to stop countries from going above a certain amount of industrial emissions in a given year. And if you exceed your cap, your whole country has to shut down. So they've been trying to shut the world down with this carbon cap trick, that it would become illegal, that you would basically be doing the same thing that you're doing now, which is a forced lockdown to reduce carbon emissions, right? And Greta Thunberg was going to be one of the people they used for that. I think um, they kind of diverted from that plan. But anyway, they're getting the same mileage off of this virus, right? It's 85% of the people who get it are never going to know they have it. Uh, it's much more likely that you'll have a problem if you're Asian or black and over 70, okay? Especially if you're a male. So do we really need to keep society shut down for the next two years? No, uh, this thing has, it, it goes quickly. It has a, a quick uh, bell curve. And so I'm gonna be paying very close attention, you folks, to what you say at tonight's ceremonies, okay? And if you start trying to screw around with us, we're going to report on it. And it's not just me. You have to understand, I'm not doing this alone. Of course, there are armies and armies of people who are reporting on this now, and this is a very hot story. Uh, so we are not giving up. We are going to keep reporting to you. We are gonna keep the lines open and get your suggestions and hear what you have to say. I do listen to you folks, and I wanna make sure that we are all on the same page here. So uh, to get back to the discussion about the briefings I've had since 2009, I was very excited when I found out that the military industrial complex was starting to turn away from the Illuminati and that there was a very sizable uprising in the Marines, in the Navy, 
uh, less so in the Air Force at the time, although apparently that's changing as well, the intelligence community, to such a degree now that the only, uh, the only folks who are really apparently um, going to have to be exposed the most are like the CIA, the FBI, and the Federal Reserve. And so everybody else, all the other intelligence agencies have had a lot of turnover, they've had a lot of uh, renewal, and um, that's kind of an interesting thing, isn't it? The way that the conspiracy arena has changed, because I have said this for a long time, the rock and roll culture of the late 60s and 1970s never was exceeded. You know, when the MTV era came in, the quality went down in favor of pizzazz. And yeah, a lot of that had to do with Michael and Madonna. You know, Madonna being like the beginning of pop pornography and Michael being the beginning of pop merchandising where it has to do with the dancing and the, the glove and the jacket and all these things that people are going to buy. Sort of like with Star Wars, where it becomes more about the toys being more profitable than the movie, even though the movie was huge. The toys were more profitable than the movie. So, so much more. So that changed the way that music worked. And, and so all of the really great music that was written just for music's sake, like Elton John, right? That stuff is totally infused with Vietnam War and the aftermath of Watergate. And so there's overt and covert references to it in a lot of music, but the bottom line is rock and roll is still fighting the Vietnam War and they hate the military. That's a generalized assumption you could make, which I no longer agree with. I was raised in a rock and roll royalty family, okay? My, my father took me backstage. I met almost all of the big hair metal bands of the 1980s, a whole bunch of famous acts. I was backstage almost every month of my life as a kid. And I saw that these guys were just burned out on the road. They needed vitamin C, they needed sleep and they were just trying to stay alive. Uh, it becomes a real big pain in the ass if you're a rock star. It actually really, really sucks. Some people can do it, some people learn how to do it, and they stay on the road. Steven Tyler, of course, marvelous example. He's been doing it for so long and he still does it. But most of these guys burned out after a few albums. And then you find out you don't even make money until after your, until after your third album. So the first three albums you do are where you just earn out on your contract Nobody ever ends up making any money. That's why VH1 had this behind the music show and they would show you how these stars ended up as broken people. It's very, very sad. So anyway, we need to stop fighting the Vietnam War. We need to stop being mad at the military. We need to stop being mad at the police. These people are brave heroes and there is nothing more profound than to put your life on the line for your country. What could you possibly do with your life that's more heroic than that, right? And so what the cabal tried to do for so long is to make us convinced that every veteran is somehow part of this evil, evil thing. Oh my God, we can't trust the military. We can't trust, oh my God, they work in an intelligence agency. Oh, okay, well, hold on. These are real people. They all have free will. They all have thoughts. They go and they read stuff online just like you do. They watch videos like this. And they deserve to be honorable. They deserve to have an honorable career. They deserve for their sacrifice to mean something. And I'm really serious about this. My father was in Vietnam during Woodstock, reporting to the troops at Long Binh, which was the largest uh, military base for the army in Vietnam. And he was the guy that had to take the stuff from the AP wire and type it up for the soldiers. If he got the name of a dead soldier wrong, he was on KP, Kitchen Patrol, peeling potatoes all night. 
you know. So he made sure he didn't make a mistake. And he was the only way that those soldiers figured out what the heck was going on with Vietnam. And he had to be very careful in what he was writing. But over 10,000 people were reading that newspaper that my father was making during Woodstock in Vietnam. Okay, so I feel qualified to say, okay, everybody, Vietnam era, Woodstock era, rock and roll era, we got to stop beating up the military. We have to. It's very important because the military is going to save our ass. The military is saving our ass. They've been saving our ass. They're fighting and dying for freedom. And the real battle for freedom is fought out in the open right now. And it's an informational battle in which everything that you're seeing in the news and in the media is leading towards an inexorable conclusion, which is, oh my God, we just got to stay home forever. Well, think about what's happening right now. Think about the, the exact time that we're in and how I've been reporting for years now on the fact that the Alliance is this military intelligence community international group. This goes way beyond the Trump administration, okay? And they're closing in on the bad guys. But how do you stop something that controls the media, controls many governments, controls many aspects of military and paramilitary forces, controls the financial system, controls the banks. It's, and, and, and they're, they're controlling both sides of the war. So if you look at either side of the most charged political disputes, they have their teeth in both. So communism, right? What was the whole Soviet Union thing? You're just all, everybody's going to get the same amount of money and just do your job and don't complain about it. And then all the rest of the money flows right up to the top. Well, they're trying to create something like that right now. And there's this whole crazy battle going on. And it's not even behind the scenes. You have this current presidential administration, which is an alliance administration. I've been saying this all along. Does that mean that I support all the things that the President of the United States says or does? Absolutely not. But the only difference between me and you, perhaps, depending on where you stand on this, is that I know some things that you might not know. I've sat in front of people. I've looked them in the eye. I've had conversations with people who you haven't met. And you haven't met them because they're not public, okay? You sit down, you look them in the eye, you see the fear in their eyes, and you see the resolve in their eyes. The fact that we have to do this, we have to do this to save the planet. There's no other way. If we don't do this, if the military and intelligence community did not form the alliance and do this, we are screwed. We are totally screwed. And I'm sorry, but these people, the, the cabal people, they're too good at what they do. You could never have a civilian online uprising. They just, they're shadow banning, they're deleting content, they're looking for keywords, they're controlling the narrative. You can't talk about the president in a friendly way on social media. They will ban you. They literally will not allow you to talk about him in a favorable way. So do you think maybe that's an indication of bias? Yes. Do you think there's a reason for why Larry Page and Sergey Brin, the two CEOs of Google, spontaneously resigned in December last year? Yes. Because ever since October 2017, there's been this thing online called QAnon. And if you haven't followed this, then I really hope you can go to certain websites and people have asked me, how do you look for this stuff? So I'll make it very clear. QMAP.PUB, QMAP.PUB is one example, and then the other one is QAnon, Q-A-N-O-N.PUB. And 
The difference between the two really is that uh, QAnon.pub is easier to look at on a regular laptop. Um, it doesn't work very well on a smartphone. QMap is a dark background, black background, and it's easier to load on a smartphone. And the other cool thing about it is that it has headlines. So whoever is doing this site is taking the content of each post or each drop as they call it and they put it up there as a headline which explains what you're going to learn. So I have to say, uh, and I'm not in any way bragging here, please don't understand this, it was, it was a, a difficult thing for me to be the only guy who was getting briefings from the Alliance. Really, I mean, there were a few others. I would say Veterans Today did a pretty great job. Uh, Benjamin Fulford said some pretty wild stuff, but he also, you know, he was right more than twice a day like a broken clock, and that starts to catch my attention. Uh, if you're getting other things that you're saying that I'm hearing independently and then this guy comes out with it online, that's pretty cool. Um, so, and he was the former East-West Bureau Chief for Forbes magazine. Uh, so he got into some very high-level circles and they tried to recruit him into a genocidal agenda and he broke free as of about 2006 or 7 and I started to see the idea that there was an alliance back then. I was looking for this thing because I'd been tipped off about it in intuitive readings that I'd been getting since 1996 actually. So we don't want there to be any success for these agendas because if you really want to know what's going down the ultimate agenda is that everybody has a microchip okay the trick about the microchip is that it electrically shocks you if you disobey so you will be brought to your knees with uh, vomit and and all of your bodily fluids being released with this electrical shock that this thing can give you because it can lens in electrical activity that they would beam at you so believe me the the blueprints for a slave society have been laid and what are they saying now about this virus, right? They're talking about the fact that your phone is going to listen to you, and if you're coughing, you get on the red list, literally. And the red list, they don't call it that, but that's what we heard it was called in the past. Uh, the red list, who knows what they're going to do? But like, for example, if your phone hears that you're coughing, you're a coronavirus carrier, and then everybody else who comes within six feet of you goes on the red list as well. And they can use this to do things like erode your freedoms, take away your civil liberties, and quarantine, right, to keep this thing going indefinitely, uh, it's, it's really, really screwed up. Uh, so, and you have to understand, too, just to, to really blow your mind even more, there are evil aliens, okay? There's evil extraterrestrials out there, and good ones. And the evil ones do apparently have a reptilian appearance, which means uh, th their eyes have vertical slit pupils, the, the iris area, if you want to call it that, the background is going to be kind of yellow or golden or in some cases red, but they have big black vertical slit pupils, pointy sharp teeth, scales on their face, clawed hands, clawed feet, and we have multiple credible whistleblowers who have heard about this or in some cases seen them, interacted with them. They are extremely nasty entities and in a sense, what you're really looking at here is a biblical struggle between satanic demons and actual angelic extraterrestrial humans that look, in that case, they could be Asian-looking, they could be black-looking, they could be Caucasian. All the different races are represented in the benevolent ETs, but those types tend to look a lot more like us. Maybe not exactly the same, but very similar. And believe it or not, that's 95% of all the ETs that are out there visiting us. 
Uh, only a very small number of them are evil, but, the, but both sides have rules that they have to follow. The evil ones and the good ones actually operate the same way in, a, in one respect, which is that it's a proxy war. They have to fight their war with each other through individuals that they influence. So the negative side will find those who are receptive to their messages, meaning those who seek power and domination of the planet and money at all costs. And they're willing to do anything for that. They're willing to do human sacrifice, blood drinking, pedophilia, all this crazy stuff. They're willing to do it. And apparently these negative entities feed on that energy, which they call louche. So louche is this life force that people give off when they're in terror, when they're in fear, when they're angry, uh, and, and just like if your dog leaves a dog do out there and you don't bag it up, that there's little guys that are gonna come out of the soil that think that's the most delicious banquet feast you've ever had. There's entities that think the same way about your emotions, okay? And they feed on your negativity. And we heard about how these Draco reptilians, multiple insiders have told us this, that they will create, they will, they will create an elite on earth the elite get to see them, okay, because if you, if you drink the blood, then you get this uh, adrenaline and DMT substance they call adrenochrome. If you torture somebody, especially a child, drink their blood, you get a hallucinogenic effect. It is actually a trip out, and if you draw your magic pentagram, then you'll see this thing appear in the middle of it, which is the reptilian, and it's a demon, okay? The... the Crazy thing that some people actually try to do is to bid and contract these entities. You have to follow a very exacting protocol of how to do it. It's like dialing up an IP address. If you're one number off, you die. Okay? But there's people that are willing to try this to get these entities to do stuff for them. The entities want something in return. So they get us to create a fear factory here on Earth. They want everybody afraid. And when they can create a war, they will have their ships cloaked and they will literally soak up the louche from the battlefield. They literally absorb this and then it makes them more powerful and it lets them be able to do more stuff. But they are constricted by something called the rules. And the rules are a spiritual requirement they cannot get around, which is that anything that they want to do to us as a planet, they have to advertise it first. They have to tell us what they're going to do. They have to put it right out there in the open. They have to be boldly self-disclosing. Now, they can do it in a movie, they can do it through fantasy, they can do it through a play, or a television series, or a video game, or an awards ceremony, or a concert, okay? But they have to tell you what they're doing, and, and oh, it's fiction. But the rules allow them to do it through fiction. They just the information has to be available. They have to make it available. And as long as they do that, then they are authorized. This is a very important term you hear about on the inside. They're authorized for this to happen. So bear in mind that one of the whistleblowers that came forward to me calls himself Jacob. He worked for the Rothschilds at that level. And I had multiple interactions with him. He stayed in my house, okay? And we had hours and hours and hours of conversation because he was giving me factual information that got him in a lot of trouble, almost got him killed, uh, revealing the agenda. And he said that here's how it works. We can't just go and assassinate someone. They have to authorize it. And the way they authorize it is that they make free will decisions on their own that are bad enough that they actually karmically invite being killed. So the idea typically is that they have somebody they call a handler who gets into your life and they become your best friend. 
right? What do we talk about? The person who kills you is your best friend. That's what they do. That's how it works. And they'll infiltrate for years. There'll, there'll be handlers that get into a relationship with you. They become your loved one. They become your spouse. Okay, that is not what's happening here. Thank God. And we would have caught that. But <laughs> the point is, there's a really good... <laughs> what were you going to say? We did think that. We did think that. Well, no, it's... It, Look, I, I've never had a handler, thank goodness, except, you know, certain insiders apparently thought that they were doing that with me for a while, and then when I found out about it, I backed away, and I, stopped, I cut off contact. Uh, but even then, the overall weight of evidence that I've gotten from all of these insiders is, is very exacting in telling us that they can't just take people out. They have to get you to wear down your ethics and your morality to the point where you start making decisions that really screw people over. And I'm talking about things like serial womanizing, uh, high-level financial criminality, um, torturing people, murdering people, really bad stuff. Extortion. Extortion. Uh, blackmail, child trafficking. All that kind of stuff will authorize, you know, if you, if you become a pedo, okay? I don't care what the hell they tell you on the inside. I don't care what the, what the hell kind of drug cocktail they gave you that made it seem like this was sexy or a kid who knows what he's doing or she's doing and acts like this is cool and she's a little Disney cartoon character that gets you off. That is sick, okay? And people should not be doing this, okay? There is no, <laughs> there is no excuse for it. There is no excuse for this. You cannot write it off as a preference or a lifestyle choice. If you study the information, it screws people up. They get messed up for life, and they, they become suicidal, and they become highly aggressive to other people, and it damages them for the rest of their life. And they can get treatment, but they're never going to be cured. So it's a very, very bad thing. You cannot allow this kind of stuff to happen. And so when you get into that aspect of it, the crimes that are being committed, the innocence that has been lost, the robbing of the vitality of our planet, the feeding on our energy as this loosh that they literally park these spaceships over a battlefield cloaked and they're absorbing the energy of everybody dying and everybody screaming and, and, and uh, this has to stop. And so that's why what? Yeah, we're counteracting it. This is this is it. You know, we are we are becoming the change we want to see in the world. Let's uh, pop over to that one for a little while. That camera is looking kind of lonely. In fact, let's go wide for a second. I'm just going to show you the awesomeness. Go to four, four. The next one over. The awesomeness of this jacket. I mean, hello, 135 bucks, dude, at a place called Hollywood Tuxedo. <laughs> You know, I had the $135, I was ready to go and take this plunge and make this fashion statement for you today. Uh, probably a lot of other people are going to be wearing stuff like this in the, in the One World Order All-Seeing Eye celebration this evening. So <laughs> let's hope they don't uh, infuse it with too many crazy things. Uh, but if they do, remember now, we have the power of the good guys on our side. Let's go back to this close one here, yeah. We got the good side, and so when we do a meditation first, we can help to uh, create a, a, a sack, <laughs> a cyst, if you will, to take all that pus and make sure that it doesn't come blasting out. A protective bubble of light. <laughs> a protective bubble of light. Yes. Forget, 
forget about the sack analogy for a minute. I try to have some fun. I try to have some fun. You know, this is this is this is real life, folks. We're just at home and we're chilling out with you. And sometimes we say some stuff, or I say it a different way. We say some whatever, you know. And uh, <laughs> I'm happy. I'm happy because freedom is coming. We are not alone. This is real. There is a battle for the souls of humanity, and it's being fought now, and it's being fought in healthcare. Danian Brinkley saw the boxes of knowledge in his original near-death experience, which was in what, 1975? And all the way back in 1975, these beings of light, he finds out you don't die, and there's life everlasting, and when you go up there, you're going to have to see everything that you made other people feel as if you experienced it yourself. And then these beings came up to him, and they gave him these prophetic glimpses of the future, one of which, it's in chapter 5, right? The future of humanity, the battle for the souls of the future of humanity will be fought in healthcare. And we didn't know what that was, but he, we've been talking about it for a long time, because I mean, I've been on stage with Danian for basically 20 years now, uh, on panels and stuff, and so earlier in our life together, I, I basically knew him through uh, actual, you know, discussion in front of a huge audience. Um, and so that's a very interesting way to get to know somebody. And we've been talking privately for, I don't know, 15 years at least, uh, off of the stage. Um, so anyway, his prophecies are pointing in this direction that the battle for the souls of humanity will be fought in healthcare. We've talked about that for so many years, and now look at what's happening. It's happening right now. It is all about healthcare, and this is where the final battleground is. So the battle is also being fought between good ETs and bad ETs. Now, I talked about the bad ETs for a minute, and I talked about their rules, right? That they have to tell us what they're doing, they have to use the symbols, they have to... Uh, there was a, a book in the British Museum Library of London in the 1800s that actually publicly was open to this page behind glass that said that they want to have three world wars to consolidate the powers into a one world order. And the first two world wars went exactly the way that they said they would, and the third one they said was going to be involving um, local groups, you know, basically terrorists, because at that point they didn't think there'd be any major nations left. And it's pretty much played out like that book said. So that's an example of them following the rules. The positive side is not going to necessarily contact governments and world leaders because their vibration, quote-unquote, may not be up to snuff. They contact typically private individuals, and they try to inspire those individuals to be able to make a difference in the world. And I have received that contact. It happened back in 1996. It started really in my dreams as of 1992. And I have a new book coming out called Awakening in the Dream that describes all this in great detail. Uh, it's very fascinating. I've never really told the story of that part of my life before, but now it's a full-length 500-plus page book, and I am very excited about it. It's coming out on June 2nd. So please, if you haven't already pre-ordered that, do so. Uh, it will absolutely blow you away. I guarantee that we're going to see a solid five-star rating on this, just like with the other ones. And any of the things that people hated on me about in the previous book, some people didn't like the fact that the whole first half was personal, well, I did away with that. There's information and, and, and really cool stuff woven all the way through the book from beginning to ending. It's not just a bunch of, of sharing. But there are certain personal stories that I weave in and out of throughout the whole manuscript. But just to make a point. Oh, so I just saw that we have 26,721 people 
watching live right now. Based on the law of one, what they call the doubling effect, where each new person meditating adds an exponential increase to the number of people calling on the positive, this is a much greater number than they can get off of this one world at home concert. Because if they can get people to vote for the negative, we can still outdo them on the positive, thanks to the law of exponents or doubling or whatever the law of one calls it. Yeah, we can explain that a little bit. So uh, in the law of one series, they talk about something called um, the law of squares. And there's three different, there's two different things they call it. They call it the law of doubling and they call it the law of squares. And I like to use the term exponents because to me, as a math geek who, you know, slept my way through school because I was, it didn't do anything for me, but I still got A's anyway. Um, exponents is not a scary word, okay? <laughs> but... Uh, <laughs> It's true. It is really true. If they had actually taught me some stuff I wanted to learn, I would have probably been a great student. But uh, anyway, as I got older, I started to find out all the real stuff. And, you know, with the first book, uh, Source Field, I was told by Pete Peterson and his military insiders, how the heck did David Wilcock rederive all the classified science that nobody knows? It's classified by the military. How did he figure all this out on his own? Well, I was very, very busy. So I worked uh, all through college on UFO research and I only spent enough time getting my psych degree to get decent grades. And then after I got out of college in 1995, I went full-time into research and I've been doing that ever since. Had a few years of really bad, low-paying jobs and then in 1998, I went self-employed and I've never had a regular job <laughs> ever since. But believe me, I've worked for various individuals and companies and so I've had a lot of different jobs, a lot of different contracts, I understand law, and I've been through a lot of stuff. And I've been a public figure with millions of people trying to find me and talk to me for over 20 years. So I've been through all those vagaries as well, including crazy, crazy hatred and, and schizophrenic stalking and all kinds of crazy stuff. That's just been a part of my life for over two decades. It's part, and I've learned how to deal with it. So I, I built a thick skin a long time ago because if you're going to do this stuff, you have to learn that a certain percentage of your audience will hate you and you're never going to appease them. Although I will say this, just for the record once more, that when I got, I'll get back to the law of one, when I get back to 1998 to 2000 and, actually it was all the way into 2003, I believe, from 98 to 2003, I personally reached out to every hater on the internet. I would email them, I would contact them, and I would actually have a dialogue with them. And I would say, what do you think I'm doing? What do you think is going on here that's so bad? Oh, and I'd write back and I'm, well, I'm a real person like you. You know, I, I, I put my pants on one leg at a time. I get up in the morning and I, you know, it takes a while to take a piss. I'm, I'm just a regular guy, you know, things happen. Okay, so <laughs> it's not a big deal. You know, you don't need to get all wrapped up in what I'm doing. Uh, there's lots of other stuff out there. If you don't like this, it's fine. We don't mind if you don't watch, but you don't have to try to make everybody else miserable who does enjoy watching this. There's lots of stuff to watch. It's not a big deal if you don't like it. But you don't have to go and try to make it your personal cause to try to get our lives ruined. But certain people do that, and I've dealt with this for over two decades. So, okay, as of 2003, I had proven for the preceding five or six years that I could theoretically reach out to everybody who said this stuff and convince them that I'm not the bad guy they made it out to be, and they would apologize to me, and they'd say, wow, that's true. But after 2003, I found my first psychopath, which is the type of person who will never flip because they simply have a, 
uh, anger about being born or whatever is wrong with their life that's just too deep and they just have projections and they take their negativity and they project it onto people like me and they're only going to want to see you suffer and they're never going to be nice. And so once I learned that there were people like that, that's when I stopped the practice of contacting my haters and now it would be absolutely impossible. Absolutely impossible. Anyway, getting back to the Law of One thing, this is a very important point. In the Law of One series, this is the material that I based my life's work off of. I found it uh, originally in 1996. After three years of reading over 300 books on UFOs, ancient civilizations, and weird esoteric subjects like Bigfoot and Atlantis and ghosts, I mean, there's this whole section of the Dewey Decimal System, the 000 section, and I emptied that stuff out in the Elting Library in New Paltz, where I was at the time. I was bringing home stacks of books. And I got bored after a while. There was only so many times that people could write about things. And I saw that there was a certain massive set of data. And I could look at the whole thing as if it was one piece. Here's everything we know about Bigfoot. Here's everything we know about Atlantis. Here's everything we know about Stonehenge, the pyramids, Nan Madal in the Philippines. Here's what we know about the Teotihuacan. Here's what we know about the mound builders in upstate New York. And, and what's really going on with Joseph Smith? And did, did he dig into a mound when he, when he got the plates of Nephi for the Mormons? You know? I mean, I, I had all this stuff, okay? And, but yet, for me, I could put a boundary around the whole thing. I could put a boundary around the whole thing and say, this is the containment perimeter. This is the full mass of what we know. And I could look at it and spin it around. And then in 1996, I found the Law of One series, and it's got all that stuff that's in that mass, but way the hell more on so many different topics. And I became an idiot. I didn't know anything compared to what this source knew, and this source is claiming that it's basically the highest level types of extraterrestrials that ever get entangled with our lives on Earth. The only level higher than sixth density in their cosmology is seventh density, which is the last level you get to before you go back into the pure, undifferentiated oneness of the cosmic mind, which they call intelligent infinity. That intelligent infinity creates intelligent energy, which is what the universe is made out of, and they say the definition of intelligent energy is logos or love. Now the term logos has a variety of meanings, but it basically means God. So they say that what we normally would think of as God, an intelligence, a loving consciousness, is the Logos, and that is, that is the intelligent energy that intelligent infinity made to create the universe. Then they also say that the first thing that the, that the uh, intelligent energy did, not intelligent infinity, the first thing the intelligent energy did is to divide into seven levels of frequency, seven densities, which are corresponding metaphysically to the seven colors of the rainbow. You have red, orange, yellow, blue, indigo, I'm sorry, red, orange, yellow, green, light blue, indigo, and violet, before you go back to one infinite creator. And they also correspond to the white keys in the piano, do, re, mi, fa, sol, la, ti, do, c, d, e, f, g, a, b, okay, and then back to c at the end of the octave. And there is a direct vibrational relationship between the frequencies of vibrating air that make those tones on the piano. Because like, for example, A, whether you're dealing with the concert A, the Nazi A of 440 frequencies, 440 vibrations per second, versus the cool 432, man. Wow, you got to get 432. 
If you have a guitar, it naturally goes back to 432. The, the strings will go out of tune and they go down a half step back to 432 and your ear is going to like that tuning better, actually. But there's various reasons for why 440 came about. Uh, it's called equal temperament. It has to do with how all the different octaves on the piano keyboard will blend together and all that kind of stuff. And of course, uh, Dr. Len Horowitz is going to say it was a German Nazi conspiracy. And he might be right. And, you know, it's a little bit off. All of our music is a little bit off. So if you get those pure sound frequencies, which you can tone, you know, you can do it on your own, your voice will naturally go to that pitch point and not the 440. Um, you'll get some interesting things happening. Uh, so anyway, the seven densities are the seven major regions of vibration in the universe, but they also infuse the entire universe. So you have one universe and the seven densities are everywhere. It's not like there's any place in the universe where you're not going to have all seven. They just re refer to frequencies. But they represent actual lessons. They represent classes, if you will, certain grades that you have to get through to go back into this undifferentiated oneness. And the ultimate lesson is that there is nothing wrong. Everything is cool. The universe is a brilliant, wonderful, loving creation. There is no disharmony. Everything is unified. Everything is one. And this idea of negativity, the law of one explains that after they created intelligent, the intelligent infinity creates intelligent energy, which is what we would think of as God. It's an intelligent identity, okay? It creates the seven densities, and then it creates stars that bud into galaxies, and those become super creators. And they all are also perfect holograms of the logos. So in the law of one system, a galaxy is a logos. A galaxy has a, a, an undifferentiated oneness consciousness, but interestingly enough, they also say that the galaxies have their own personality. They have a unique character. Okay, the Logos has a character, and each individual galaxy designs a slightly different class of how the beings that evolve on the planets, because it has stars, the stars have planets, the planets have beings like you and me. They say 40% of all the beings in the universe on planets are human or human-like. In the Law of One, they actually say that. This is the whole freaking universe, all the billions of galaxies, 40% human, that's pretty good. We got a lot of friends out there, okay? because there's like 40 billion Earth-like planets just in the Milky Way galaxy alone. That came from NASA's own studies. Human beings on Earth-like watery planets with insects and plants and animals and all the stuff that you'd think to see in the oceans and everything. There are oceanic worlds with aquatic humanoids, all that kind of stuff. Anyway, um, we could go on and on with this, but the point is the we're in third density right now, and we're going into fourth density, and that's a big deal for us. Okay, so there's six density beings that are coming and helping us with this. That's a long ways away for most of us, but a certain number of people are ET souls. And they come in from the fifth density or the sixth density vibration. And for them, this planet is crazy. They don't understand what's going on. They don't understand why people are so manipulative and deceptive and why they lie to each other and how people could backstab you or betray you. Uh, they're just good people, and they just want harmony, and they want peace, and they don't understand negativity, evil, corruption, competition. And so they're naive, and they're easily fooled, and they dwell in fantasy. They want to see a world that's like a Jetsons or Star Trek, Star Wars kind of thing. Well, maybe not Star Wars. That's some pretty bad stuff happens in Star Wars, but let's say Star Trek. Okay, that's probably better. 
Anyway, here we are moving into fourth density, and this has been the flagship of my work going back to when I first got online and I was writing all my haters back in 1999. Hey, why do you hate me so much? Oh, okay, well, here's the real story, you know. It wasn't until 2007, after I'd cut off all my haters for four years, that I decided, you know, I'm going to actually start talking about some really crazy stuff because unless we solve these negative problems, we're not going to get the ascension. We're not going to get a planet that we're promised in these prophecies, 35 different religions and spiritual traditions all over the world, saying that the world is going to become really freaking awesome. That you're going to be a superhero. You're going to have levitation. You're going to have telekinesis. You're going to be moving stuff with your mind. You're going to be talking to people telepathically. You can bilocate. You can fly through the air. You can teleport yourself where you want to go. You can manifest any object you want out of thin air, and you're fully aware of both sides of the veil. So you're kind of like in the afterlife and in the physical reality at the same time. You can deal with other people's afterlife issues. You can help them transition over to the other side. You are an angel. You become an angel. And you have amazing powers. You have amazing capabilities. And one of the things they talk about in the Law of One is that the, when you get into fourth density, you use light as a weapon. You physically manufacture light weapons. And so George Lucas was tapping into that knowledge when he had the lightsabers in Star Wars. Because it's a, it's a beam of light and they're fighting with it. And so what they tell you in the Law of One is, yes, as you folks become fourth density activated beings, you're going to have to use light as a weapon to fight off against these negative beings that you're going to be defending the planet from. Because what the Law of One actually says is, that planet Earth no longer has negative people living on it. In other words, the Earth shifts into a frequency or a density in which only positive people live on the planet. You, you literally cannot be here. You, you will not be able to be here. The, the energy will not allow you to be alive on this planet if you don't have that positive focus. Now, everybody in the middle is rescued, as I've said so many times, and brought to another third density world that's still in third density, but the planet itself, Earth, goes through a new birth, and it becomes something new, and only the people that are on that fourth density positive timeline, where you're literally like what we think of Jesus as being, that's the way everybody is. It's, they call it in the Law of One a hundred times more harmonious than life on Earth now, even in its best day. A hundred times happier, a hundred times more fun, a hundred times more sexy, a hundred times more beautiful, a hundred times more exciting, and it's just a great thing to have. But how do we get there? We have negativity that's allowed to exist. Positive spiritual beings have to allow the negativity to exist just enough to awaken us to what's really going on. Now, they will stop, the positive beings will stop the negative from going over the line. So they can't, for example, destroy the planet in a nuclear holocaust. Anytime they've tried to do that, it's been blocked. And I've talked about this many, many occasions. Any type of destructive, massive world war that would cause great loss of life, like a World War III, they, they did allow World Wars I and II, but they're not allowing World War III on that level. Like what? So, so this pandemic thing, okay, yes, based on the law of one system, these beings that they would call guardians and watchers, and those are actually two different things. I talk about this in the class coming up. Guardians and watchers are allowing this pandemic to occur. And again, the reason why is ultimately that it's going to give us a lot more enlightenment that we've gone through this because everybody's waking up to, hey, you know what? 
Why are these doctors being told to write off every death as a COVID-19 death? Doesn't matter what the hell somebody dies from. You got to write it down as a COVID death, COVID death, COVID death. Well, because they need to get the numbers up, right? Because now the estimated total number of people who are going to die in America, this is from Dr. Anthony Fauci himself, the chief immunologist for the White House, is saying, oh, now it's down to 62,000. Well, we got 330 million people in America. This is way below 1%. So yeah, it sucks. And it's horrible that people are dying. But look at the number of people who die from influenza. Okay, that's a lot higher. It's just that it's... It, it doesn't all happen at once. The problem with this thing is it's highly infectious, highly contagious, but it's not highly lethal. You're either over 70 or you're under 70 with comorbidities. And, and otherwise, you're really not in danger, okay? But it does suck to have the flu and it does suck to be sick. And as a workaholic for many years, I'd, I'd get sick for like, God, every few months I'd be sick for two weeks, deathly ill, bronchitis, coughing, so flus are nothing new to me, and I know they suck. And I'm not saying it's fun to have the flu, but you're probably not going to die. You're probably going to be fine. So when you look at it from that perspective, what is happening, the law of one has always said the biggest problem for why the planet isn't ascending faster is that we don't have enough solitude. If you have solitude, if you have free time, if you can hang out in the house and just chill and get paid to chill, which is what they're doing now, they're paying you to be hanging out in the house, now is the time to be meditating. Now is the time to be reading inspirational literature, to be educating yourself, and to try to stay positive. There's a lot of reports. Let's go over to this one now. Just keep it changing and interesting. And this is getting warm, too. Let me uh, take this jacket off for a while, because it's the sizzle part is good, but the, the other sizzle, okay, let's just put it that way. The other sizzle is not so good. So what the heck? Oh, and there goes Stephen's pin. All right, no worries. So, look, I'm not saying that you can't do other stuff besides meditate, but what I'm saying is what an opportunity that everybody gets basically a paid vacation. And yet, it's the only way that the cabal can try to hold on to power because what's happening is the alliance is closing in on them and they're about to be arrested. And so, what better way to try to throw a monkey wrench into the works than to tie up all the military, all the emergency services, all the groups that would be involved in this mass arrest, tie them all up in something else, and then keep it distracted long enough to try to get the next thing, the next thing, the next thing. So as you probably know, the President of the United States was going to say, we're going to reopen the country on May the 1st. And then before he could actually say that, this alliance of northeastern states led by New York Governor Cuomo, who very likely is going to end up in this presidential thing somehow, we've been talking about this, whether he's going to be the Democratic nominee for president or whether he's going to be the vice presidential candidate or something. It's, it sure looks funny. Okay, let's just put it that way. Anyway, what do they do? They come out and say, nope, we got to keep everything shut until May 15th. So now you get another month. Well, they got four weeks now to try to create more bad stuff. And one of the things I got from the Alliance, an insider briefing, was that there were two COVIDs that they released at the same time. And now in just the last week, that came true because India has a mutated strain. Well, they're calling it a mutation, but it's actually just a modification of the other one. So we talked about this in other shows. We talked about the fact that a Harvard professor was arrested because his student got caught in the airport with 21 vials of a brown goo 
which according to the insider briefings we got had COVID-19 in it. And they're not saying what was in it, but that it was biological research that a friend of his was working on and he was smuggling it into Wuhan around December 14th of last year, right when this whole thing was getting started. We've heard from various insider reports that they, the cabal were spraying this thing on people. And we got another briefing from a totally different source saying that when they made the virus, they also made the antidote. So there already is an antidote. There already is a cure. They're just holding on to it, okay? So the only thing, and we've talked about this so much, the only thing that really matters is that an election is going on. In less than 200 days, the president of the most powerful country on the planet will be elected. And what has happened? You can't gather in public. You can't have a debate. Everybody's got to send their ballots in by mail, which, you know, they're going to try to take this thing straight through until November. They're going to try to keep us all tied up because ultimately, what is it really about? And the QAnon stuff said this too. What is the mathematical probability that such a perfect distraction happened at the exactly perfect moment for these bad actors to get what they want? So before I get into all that stuff, let's talk about what would the higher beings, the beings that want us to ascend, have in mind for allowing this one to go through when the other ones couldn't go through. Well, it's a lot of things. It's, a, it's, a, it's the least violent way for us to wake up on a collective level to the fact that there are people who would not care about doing this to the planet to try to win an election. There are people who don't care how many people die they will win at all costs. They do not care. All they care about is winning. All they care about is control. And you better believe, you know, and I was joking about this today, why not just have the opposing candidate be Baphomet? You know, it doesn't need to be Joe Biden at this point. Let's just make it Baphomet, right? <laughs> you got the goat-headed guy who also has two boobs, so he's a trans, trans person. Let's just say it the nice way. He's a trans. He's got boobs, he's got genitalia of a man, and he's, and he's got cloven feet, you know, he's got the, the he's, he's the devil, okay? He's got the goat horns, goat head. Let's just have Baphomet run against Trump, okay? Because Baphomet's going to promise, you know, social welfare reform, and I'm going to make sure that everybody's got all the sex they want, and I'm going to make sure that everybody's got all the drugs and depravity that they want, and, you know, this is going to be fun, everybody, and I'll, I'll make sure that the entertainment is really great, you know, I'm going to give you lots of great... Uh, pop stars who, who, you know, give you these curious little symbols like this, and we're just going to go nuts. Let's just have fun, because you know what? Lucifer isn't so bad. And, you know, who cares about the people that, oh, yeah, those religions, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, we, let's not worry about them. They're so pesky and annoying, and let's just get rid of them, right? Let's just get rid of all those people that don't really get, get into this whole Luciferian agenda. Honestly, um... If you're on the left, I feel sorry for you because what hope do you have, right? The only reason to vote for Biden is anybody but Trump. That's all you got. All of the progressive ideals that you had of, oh, I'm, maybe it's going to be AOC, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Maybe it's going to be Bernie. I feel the burn, baby, you know? No, it's freaking Biden who just got implicated in yet another sex scandal. Well, I can't vote for the guy... I can't vote for the guy. We heard what he said on the bus. We heard the hot mic. He said he grabs him by the you-know-what. Yeah, guys talk like that. 
Okay, this guy also is implicated in sex scandals, but they're not going to talk about that. You can't have a debate, right? Because nobody can go, because everybody's supposed to stay home. And you can't have rallies, so you can't see the 238 people at the Baphomet rally versus 35,000 at the other rally, okay? This is crazy. It's like, they're, and do you really think you're going to be better off if Biden wins? Like, please, just try to think about this. Okay, just try to think about this. Is it a better alternative? Is it better? Whatever the hell this mainstream media has been fighting against for four freaking years with everything they got, is it better if that side wins? Or don't you want to just hang around and see what the alliance has got in store for us? Don't you want to see what happens if they can arrest these pedophiles? Don't you want to see what happens if indictments get unsealed and find out what these guys have really been doing? Who really shot JFK? Who really brought down the towers in 9-11? That was 19 years ago. We're not going to let this happen again. We got caught with our pants down as a planet. We didn't have enough preparation. We were not conscious enough. They thought we were going to fight back harder, and we really didn't. They got away with it, okay? And now what are they doing? They're playing around with medical information. They're not telling you 85% of the people that get this are totally fine. And they're just saying, oh my God, we got to shut everything down because, oh, the deaths, the deaths, the deaths, the deaths. What about the deaths of suicide? Which top immunologists have been saying this over and over again. The, the suicide toll is going to be much worse than the number of people that will die from COVID due to pre-existing conditions or their age. It's a lot worse. So we really have to reopen society because if we leave it shut down for too long, and again, I talked about various military insiders in the briefings we were getting about how long can the world sustain this shutdown? It's only a few months at the most before it's irretrievable. And they know that. So they're driving us right to the cliff because they are about to lose. They will do anything to stop the exposure. They will do anything to stop the truth coming out. So the positive beings are righteously allowing this thing to happen so that we have a relatively safer way of awakening as a, as a, as a planet. We have a false bottom. We have a, a, a false dark night of the soul. It appears to be the end of the world. It appears to be the greater depression. It appears to be, oh my God, we're all dying. We're all done. It's all over. The planet's never coming back. Nobody's ever going to have money again. Nobody's ever going to smile again. Smiling will be illegal like it was in the Khmer Rouge with Pol Pot. They will shoot you in the street if you smile. That did happen. So don't say that America is fascist, okay? Because fascism is talking to people. I, I, I was at an Avis Renicar, and I was talking to a woman from Cambodia. And she was talking about being in her hut with her husband in bed. And you could not say anything bad about Pol Pot in bed with your husband because there could be literally a person with a machine gun under your house ready to just strafe you with machine gun fire if you say something bad about the, about the dictator. If you smile, they shoot you on spot. They just kill you. So you can't bust a smile. That's real fascism. That's real dictatorship. That is not what we have in America. There's a whole lot of freedom, and there's people fighting and dying for your freedom, right? They want you to have the ability to open up your mouth and say all kinds of crazy, nasty stuff. And they fight and die for that. And that's a virtuous thing, ultimately. Freedom is good. We have a constitution. We want freedom. We don't want one side of a political debate to be completely silenced through shadow banning and, and media corporate nonsense. I mean, this is, this is really, really intense. So 
The Great Awakening is this process by which we're having a false end of the world. It's not real. We've already gotten the whole script of what we expect is going to happen, that there's indictments that are going to unseal, people are going to get arrested, you're going to get this global televised sit-down, they're going to explain this thing to you, and that creates an amazing shift in consciousness because, just like a friend of mine said in the comments at the beginning, this, the world becomes the Truman Show. You find out that the whole world that you've been living in is a big frickin' lie, and you were born into a lie, and you never even knew what the truth was because you've been lied to your entire life. You can't even determine the truth. You don't have the ability to even understand the truth until you get educated enough. And then in order to educate yourself, you have to fundamentally go against everybody who loves you, right? Because they tell you what is the real information. They tell you what to think. They tell you how to dress. They tell you, oh, those clothes are bad. Those clothes are good. Well, if you wear those clothes, we don't like you. If you wear those clothes, you're an a-hole. If you wear these clothes, well, you're one of the good guys, right? So, it's, it's crazy. The amount to which we've been lied to, the amount of science that has been suppressed, the amount of technology, life extension technology, free energy, anti-gravity, wormhole travel, time travel, actually, as it turns out, all suppressed because they don't want us going into space. They want to keep us all here on the plantation. Well, they get to go out there and have fun in space and build all kinds of cool craft and, and not let us know, hey, guess what? If you start meeting all the people out there, they're all like a bunch of Jesuses and they're really cool people. And they love us more than we can imagine, but they can't intervene in our planet's free will beyond a certain point. They do have a prime directive, so they have to allow us to have the opportunity to solve this ourselves. So please don't get stuck in this idea that you just gotta hang out and wait for the good guys to come running in with guns blazing and the cavalry and the trumpets. You know, we are the cavalry, okay? So we all have to take part in this. So with all that being said, I want to get into some slides here. I don't want this to be more than a couple hours, and we're already at one hour and 44 minutes. So anyway, here we go with some slides. This is some of the latest Q stuff, uh, and I, I admittedly did get a little freaked out when this one came up. I'm not going to kid you. Uh, and so it just said, patriots making dire predictions are harming the movement and arming the mainstream media. It said, Patriots, be cautious in your interpretations of info posted. False expectations and push based on speculation will only weaponize those who attack us in the mainstream media. Why does the mainstream media expend its resources daily attempting to discredit this QAnon stuff? Do you provide the playbook to the enemy with specific dates? Logical thinking. FISA indictments start public justice. And then it says, Future proves past, events unlock. Think CEO departures, FBI, Department of Justice, State Department, White House, DIA, Pentagon, uh, Senate, House, AMB, I'm not sure what that is, Inspector General, and then it says think judge install, think SC install, and they have a few others below that, White House, uh, FBI, CIA, etc. Okay, so anyway, this is just the first thing, and I did actually wonder, okay, are they, are they giving me a, a little slap across the face here? And if they do, that's fine. I'm not going to, I would own up to it, okay? Because they have not talked about the three days of darkness in the QAnon briefings, okay? But we did get this. Now, you got to remember, the three days of darkness thing came from, let's see now. Disclosed TV had their own source on it, uh, and I reported on that. 
Benjamin Fulford had two different sources of his own that said that it was going to be some magnetic pulse that would move through the Earth. That was different. Uh, I have a, a contact here in Los Angeles who is plugged in with um, positive aspects of, of show business, like producers and stuff. And there is a relationship between that and the State Department. And so um, that's something that people aren't really that ignorant about anymore. And so that faction was saying that there was going to be some uh, temporary pause in telephone and internet. It's, it's not really darkness. It's, it's the phone won't work except for 9-11, 9-1-1, and internet will be very slow or non-existent. And it's apparently going to last about three days. Okay, I don't want to give anything away to the enemy uh, by leaking that information, but we were told by these sources that they, they wanted us to leak it so that people wouldn't be afraid when it happened. We have no idea when this is going to happen. Now, I ended up calling, well, writing, uh, one of our intel sources that we call the general. There's more than one general, but this is one of them. I wrote the general and I said, okay, is this about me? And if so, what can I do to fix it? And he said, no, it's not about you. And I found out that there were actually a lot of people who were speculating on things like the original code for DJT, the president's initials, which was 41020. Okay? Meaning the fourth letter of the alphabet, the tenth letter of the alphabet, and the twentieth, which is D, J, and T. So apparently there was a big thing going on with people thinking that the arrests were going to happen on April 10th, 2020, or that the three days were going to happen prior to Easter, which has now come and gone. And so the main thing I was told once again is just don't give specific dates because we ourselves in the Alliance don't know when this is going to happen. We get hurry up and wait orders all the time. Hurry up and wait, hurry up and wait. So we don't want to do that. We don't want to be that, uh, we don't want to be that guy who leaks information that gets the Alliance thrown off. So the General again reassured us that there are many different ways they can do this. This is a new briefing for you guys. There's many different ways they can do this. We need to be patient. And we need to stop trying to find out what they're going to do. Because there's a lot of different ways they can do this. It's not like there's only one way. They have multiple nested backup plans. So we're not going to give anything away. We're not going to try to get into the details of exactly how or when this is going to happen. Uh, but I, you know, when we get into some stuff later on, the prophecies I had from 1996 actually seem to give us a window. Uh, and I think that's safe because it's a 1996 prophecy. It's no big deal. But the point is... Again, we're all antsy, we all want to see some results, but we just need to be calm and we need to trust the plan and not get uh, all excited about this, trying to be accurate. If I had the information, I wouldn't use it. I would not give the exact plan out because we don't want the cabal to outsmart this. So, so this is the point, right? Don't look at this as if it's a foregone conclusion. There's still lots of plot twists, there's still lots of eccentricities in how this could go down. And the general is actually one of those people who may very well end up dying when, the, when it goes into active operations, okay? So we can all complain about how much our lives suck and, oh, I'm getting trolled on the internet, but now these guys are actually going into hostile enemy strongholds and they might not come out alive. So we have to honor and, and respect them for their sacrifice and for how real this thing is. This is not a joke. If you don't understand what's going on, you don't understand why has the mainstream media relentlessly attacked the President of the United States throughout the entire presidency. And now here we are, another election, four years later, and they are fighting to the death. And this is not a normal election at all. It's all crazy because everybody's got to stay home. 
this is all part of the war. It's all, there's a whole deeper subtext to what's going on than what we see. All right, next slide. It says here, evil has been allowed to flourish through all parts of our society. This was on April the 10th, the day of, you know, DJT. So here I'm going to read it to you. The credibility of our institutions, constitutional law that governs our great land and republic, and our ability to regain the trust and faith of the American people. And this is talking about this administration, of course. They want to regain our trust and faith. That's not going to be easy. There's a lot of damage that's been done here. All depends on our ability to restore equal justice under the law by prosecuting those who are responsible. And that is blind justice. So let's just stop right there, right? These guys have rigged the system where... They, they go after the people they don't like, and they always preserve themselves. And so justice is supposed to be blind. If you look at the statue of the woman who's the justice woman with the scales, she's got a blindfold on, which means it should only be based upon the actual weights and measures of the scale. Justice should be impartial. But what have they done? They've rigged the system, and so they talk about this more as this post goes on. Treasonous acts of sedition against the republic, the people of the United States... And then they say, start lead-in. We don't really know what that means. Infiltration rogue at the highest levels of our government, media, corporations, etc. Planned and coordinated D slash F. Now, I'm not totally aware of what all that means, but I would say maybe it means Democratic Party and FISA, you know, because the Democratic Party apparently is in this a lot more, and they show us that later on. Anyway, this is not about politics. Something far more sinister, evil, has been allowed to flourish through all parts of our society. It has been protected and safeguarded. It has been camouflaged to appear as if it was trusted. It has been projected and normalized by stars and celebrities. Then they say, class 1 through 99. Now, that could be indictments of stars that are going to come out. I don't know. You know, it's all speculation. Then they say, one must only look to see. Symbolism will be their downfall. Remember what I said, they hide out in the open. They have to tell you what they're doing. They have to be forthcoming about their agenda. They can't hide it. So they have to do things like give Billie Eilish all the Grammy Awards while all of her videos are extremely disturbing satanic imagery. Okay? Then it says, this is not another four-year election. Be on your guard, stand firm in the faith, be courageous and be strong. You are not alone. We stand together. Symbolism will be their downfall. Well, that's one of the reasons why we're talking about this one world celebration that's being led today by all the stars of late night television on broadcast networks. It's a little creepy, and they got the symbolism. So, you know, the, the, the hands are there, and it's the all-seeing eye, and it's like, whoa, okay, hold on. And again... Stephanie, I love you. I love what you did with Star is Born. That's a great movie. You, you had great music. And if I met you, I would totally applaud you for Star is Born because you blew the lid off of what that music industry did with you and with your career. So I hope that they don't have leverage on you or that they're calling you up with some kind of hypnotic code or whatever. But please, you know, you still have time. You can still tell us what really happened and we will accept you as a whistleblower. So I just want to put that message out to Stephanie Germanata. Okay? <clears throat> and I know people who know you, so let's just leave it at that. So uh, 3933, multiple DC grand jury subpoenas have been issued. Wow. On behalf of the U.S. Attorney John Durham. 
And so one of the tweets that you click on, I'm not sure if it's this one or not, but anyway, this is one of the ones that Q linked to, where it says, and this is Lou Dobbs, okay? So here he is, he's a major journalist. You can see him there. He's one of the Fox people. He's been around forever. He's got a show called Lou Dobbs Tonight. And the thing says, it's Lou Dobbs' official checkmarked account, right? And it says, FBI corruption. Jay Solomon reports, says indictments may be coming this week in the FBI's corrupt handling of the sham Russia, Russia collusion investigation, America first, and then you look down at the bottom and it says April 17th. So this is very, very recent, okay? So this is one of the really, really amazing things, which is a plot twist that I didn't see coming. I had thought that when we were hearing about possible three days of darkness, which maybe they, they're not even gonna do that, they might not need to, okay? They might not even need to do it, but, Whatever is going on, I thought that after those three days, that's when the indictments unseal, and that's when we get all the information. Now, while everybody's at home and they got nothing else to do and they're bored as hell, let's give everybody the truth. Let's pop open that high-octane can of whoop-ass and start drinking that shit. Okay? Because it's going to be crazy. Okay? <laughs> I'm not supposed to laugh at my own jokes. That ruins it. <laughs> but that was good. Lou Dobbs, I mean, there he is, read it again. We gotta read this again. Indictments may be coming this week in the FBI's corrupt handling of the sham Russia collusion investigation. And then what else does Q feed you? They feed you this, and this is mind-blowing, okay? The Democrat Party and the mainstream media are one big happy family. Now look at these names, right? You've got Susan Rice from the Obama administration and uh, this guy from ABC News, and I can't really see all the text, I'm sorry but you can probably look at it on your screen, married. Then you have Obama administration, CBS News brothers on the top row, Obama administration, ABC News, uh, where you have Ben Sherwood and Liz Sherwood. She's in the Obama administration. He's for ABC and they're married. Second row, left to right, you have Clinton administration and CNN married. Obama administration, ABC News married. Obama administration, ABC News married. And then on the bottom row, you have Obama administration and CNN, mother and daughter. Obama administration, ABC News married. Democratic Governor Cuomo and CNN's Chris Cuomo brothers. So you notice that this is something unique to the Democratic side. So they have been, if you will, putting their hand on the scale for a long time, loading up the media with their people, and the media is complicit in this whole thing uh, of, of actually trying to say that Russia stole the election and that the Democratic National Committee emails that were hacked, which led to all of this pizza-oriented content, which I'm sure you know what that is by now. It has a reference to things that are being done with children. That stuff is not fake. I mean, there's these very strange code words in there, and everybody's waking up to this thanks to a, a movie that... Uh, Q link to that we'll talk about in just a second. If you haven't already seen it, I highly recommend it. But anyway, yeah, so the Democratic Party loaded up the media with their own people, and now it's all going to come out. And when indictments start to drop, that means arrests start to happen, because when you get indicted, you get arrested, okay? The two things happen simultaneously. So this week, they're telling us stuff could start to go down. It's going to get very, very interesting. So let's go to the next slide now. April 11th, and I'm not doing everything they did, but I'm doing a lot. So April 11th, it says, bigger than you can possibly imagine, God bless each and every one of you, the Great Awakening. 
And also, I mean, I, you know, maybe I'm crazy, okay, but it's interesting that that picture they chose where it says Great Awakening, there's a bunch of people all looking at something in the sky, which, yeah, you could say, well, David, come on, that's just the sun. But we are expecting, before too long, maybe not right away, but some kind of Space Force classified technology disclosure. If you watched the President of the United States at Davos Forum in January, he said that we're going to have these gigantic technical breakthroughs that are coming out much, much faster than we anticipated. And there's been all these leading statements. They mentioned Project Looking Glass in the QAnon stuff, and they actually mentioned that Roswell was real and that secret space programs do exist outside of public domain. Which, as I've always said, they're giving you a tool that we can use once the truth comes out, where if we find out that QAnon was being designed by the current U.S. administration, which absolutely is there, then people can say, well, what about this secret space program thing? You said that. What did you guys mean when you said that, right? That's the kind of questions we need journalists grilling people about when this all comes out into the open. We need those questions. They want us to ask those questions. And Pete Peterson always told me, well, let's put it this way. When the arrests happen and people find out what went on, I certainly don't think it's going to be very long before we get the deeper truth about Roswell and back-engineered extraterrestrial technology and all this crazy classified stuff that we have. So that's exciting because that Great Awakening poster maybe is a sign of some kind of sight in the sky. And then here it is, post 3951, it's on the left, and it says the Out of Shadows documentary lifts the mask on how the CIA, mainstream media, and Hollywood manipulate the masses. Then they have a link, and they say, whoops, let me, uh, sorry, that's, you're going to see that one in just a second, but we're not quite there yet. Um, so they say, best documentary of the year. Uh, F black sites are being closed, MK active, class 199 future. So again, just leave that up for a second. Uh, and so this is a very, very significant thing that because of the information that I've gotten briefings, maybe I know a little bit more about this than other people do. Okay, but notice what it says there, black sites are being closed, MK active. MK refers to mind control or MK ultra. And black sites are a very specific, nasty little thing, which is that they, the, the Cabal, have had these ships, these prison ships, that they deliberately keep out in the ocean in international waters so that they're not subject to the laws of any given country. And people are held captive on there, and people are tortured on there. And apparently, according to briefings we've gotten, they also have children in there. Those children are sex trafficked. And they're also given MKUltra techniques that program their minds on these black ships, these black sites. So apparently from a lot of different sources that we're getting, uh, there are children being freed all over the world. There are all kinds of rings that are being broken open and children who have done nothing wrong, they're innocent people, they, they were being tortured, brainwashed, and they're all going to have to go through deprogramming. They're all going to have to go through extensive rehabilitation. Uh, and there are obviously going to be a, a variety of healthcare workers that will be helping them out. And that's a wonderful thing to free them. When you hear that black sites are being closed, that's a, that's a marvelous thing. And that again shows the ongoing nature of active operations. But the Outer Shadows documentary itself is a true revelation. Um, you cannot find it on YouTube unless you type in the exact title exactly the right way, which is Out of Shadows Official.
If you don't type in those words in capital letters, you will not find it. You have to use the link. Last I checked, it was up to 8 million views. It's probably even more than that now. Uh, we could look at it if you want. We could pull it up, but it's probably not worth the time. I, I want to keep this short. But anyway, what is Out of Shadows? It's a guy who worked as a stuntman in Hollywood, and he has really done an amazing job making a true cinema quality experience, a true Hollywood level film that for me is like the kindergarten class, but it's a kindergarten class in an education that everybody needs to have. It's talking about Pizzagate, it's talking about all of this stuff that you're not supposed to know about, um, that the, the, the collusion of media and the cabal, the Satanism, the cannibalism. Uh, he doesn't really go into anything that grotesque, but it's a really, really great, well-rounded view of so many subjects, including people from Hollywood talking about that they heard this or they heard that or they, you know, there's, there's a lot of that kind of stuff too about like, you know, well, I wasn't involved in it, but I certainly heard things and I saw some suspicious things and, hmm. So that film is a classic and that man is a hero. I, I don't have his name off the top of my head, but uh, kudos to you, sir. And you did an amazing job. Uh, and, and absolutely everybody should see this. If you have not seen it, I highly, highly recommend that you do. And what's so interesting is that YouTube has a list of, that's called trending, which is supposed to represent the most popular videos on YouTube. And everybody is commenting on the fact that the number two most trending video only has two million views. Out of Shadows isn't on there at all. And it's only been out for a little over a week and it's had like eight million views and, and YouTube acts like it doesn't exist. They've already shadow banned it. You can't find it unless you type in the link or you have the exact title correctly. So ordinary people can watch this movie. If you have somebody who's still clinging to the riverbanks and they're like, I just don't want to believe any of this stuff is true at all. Okay, cool. You know, I'm not going to tell you to go watch anything else except this one thing. Just watch this one thing, dude. And then talk to me and tell me what you think. Why did Elijah Wood say pedophilia is Hollywood's biggest problem? What's going on with Corey Feldman? Why is he always talking about that? It just goes on and on. So, um, and it's a big, big problem. You know, this, there was also, and I forget his name as well, but there was a guy from UFC, one of the UFC boxers champion boxer who came out with an amazing video mm -hmm. and that also I'll, I'll have to put that in the description so you can find it and link to it uh, he didn't get anywhere near the publicity of Out of Shadows uh, and anyway um, he also said some amazing stuff because he has A-list actor sources and those sources uh, have told him that there are some really big A-list actor names you would never possibly think would be involved in all this dark stuff, but apparently they are. And he also said that children are being freed all over the planet, that this thing is very real, that there is a sting operation going on. A lot of it is already being done right now. A lot of it has been done already, and the big stuff is about to follow. So that's where you're going to get into these trials. So getting back to our slides again, uh, it says, you know, now that Russia collusion is a proven lie, when do the trials for treason begin? Now, arrests, trials, treason, okay, but look at the people who are behind bars because you're not just talking about the people that you might think would be in the first wave of FISA. You've got uh, Huma Abedin, Hillary's assistant. You've got Hillary. You've got Susan Rice. You've got Bill Clinton. 
you got John Podesta and you've got Obama. There's a lot of big names behind those bars. And this is something that the president himself retweeted more than once. And now Q has used it many times. So again, uh, and then actually look at the title of the picture. It's 54321.jpg. So that was, uh, that was a pretty cool thing. And um, again, we are getting these briefings that this week it could start. And again, that's what Q said. So I'm, I'm not going to try to do anything other than what Q is saying here and whatever little nudges we might get from the information we can find. But that's very cool. Now, <clears throat> another thing that I find really funny is that uh, before we had our Great Awakening class launch last Sunday, I sent out a series of last-minute emails to get people excited about it. And um, what, what is today's date, by the way? So just so we get a, it's the 18th. Yeah, so this would have been, this would have been the 11th, I guess, uh, that I sent this out. Um, this email went out where I was talking about the fact that I'm now jogging uh, twice a day and I've been trying to do things like relax all the muscles in my legs as much as possible and try to increase the length of my stride, uh, try to not stop as I'm doing it, but just keep going, keep, keep a constant speed, uh, and keep increasing my speed so that the duration of the jogging takes less. I have been getting really nice uh, weight loss effects, including actually on my face, which is pretty cool. Um, and I like it. I'm actually, I mean, it's, it makes me sore. But you know what? At this point, um, what the hell else am I going to do, right? Might as well get exercise because when you get to be my age, which is because I'm in my late 40s, right? Typically your knee is effed up and your hip is effed up. And actually all my legs work great. So why the heck wouldn't I want to be running? Anyway, it was a little silly, but I made this comparison of myself where I talked about that I'm like King Kong up on the top of the tower, knocking down Draco motherships with one hand. I made that analogy. The reptilians are getting knocked down. And then I said... I feel like Rocky Balboa, I'm out there jogging with my military dog, getting ready for the big title fight. Well, a couple days later, QAnon did this. On April 14th, they actually linked to a Twitter page where when you click on it, it is the actual image of Rocky jogging in the original Rocky movie with the Pope, President of the United States' head replaced over his body. So this is one of the things that I think was done deliberately because I've heard for a long time that, uh, you know, they pay close attention to me and, um, okay, you know what, I'm not, normally they've done these other David Wilcock things before. They had this thing called the trip code. People didn't really know what that was. It turned out that you could go into books.google.com and then the slash and you put that code in, the trip code, and then it would bring up certain books. And there were several of those that had my books linked in them. Um, obviously, when they mentioned Project Looking Glass, that was a big one. When they mentioned the Secret Space Program, that goes right into my bailiwick. But I don't usually try to even take credit if Q shouts out to me because I don't really need to. You know, it's not about me. It's about you, and it's about freedom, and it's about the military, and it's about justice. That's all I care about. I don't care about being famous. I don't. I, I took basically all of 2019 off, for the most part. Uh, I did my little class. I did some videos at the beginning. Ran my class, and then I went off and finished my book, and that took all the rest of the year. I don't need to tweet a picture of my dinner. I don't need to tell you where I went to the bathroom. I don't understand why people feel the need to, like, you know, talk about themselves every day on social media. I just don't do that. 
but I also feel like I have a, a valuable voice and that now is the time I was waiting for to really jump in and get active again. So that's why I'm doing this, because I waited until we would be in a place where I was less at risk of my channel getting taken down because the big stuff started to happen and now we're in it. So thankfully I have not gotten my channel taken down. So again, whoever did this in queue, thank you guys for making such an obvious nod where I had compared myself to Rocky jogging and then two or three days later you come out with that post. That's, a, that's another great example, I thank you. So appreciate that. All right, so this is another one and it doesn't have the top, but it was right around the same time window. It was like around April 13th or 14th where it said, and this is talking about these indictments that they're about to unseal because this is going to happen and it's all going to weave in the, you know, all the stuff about FISA and the election tampering and all that crazy stuff. The public will learn the truth. In other words, that there was a conspiracy to pin the Democratic National Committee hack on um, the Russians when they actually knew that it was done on a USB stick and it came through most likely the Democratic National Committee staffer, Seth Rich, who was then assassinated. The public will learn the truth. The media will attempt to spin it as a partisan attack, as they always do. The House will push for the removal of Attorney General Bill Barr, BB, B2 Bomber. They had all those codes in the Q stuff before. The House will open investigations into Barr and Durham. Oh, we have a lack of confidence. Full disclosure provides truth. Now, there's this funny thing that they did there. Do you, first of all, before we even get to Delcast, because you notice they spelled D-class wrong, okay, and there's a whole thing about that, which I haven't actually had the time to really remember what that was, but there's somebody that did a brilliant analysis of other places where they deliberately spelled D-class wrong, okay, but they said full disclosure. Now, this has been our thing for a long time. Full disclosure, again, is a David thing because we've always been using that word. And that word for us, those words mean you get the whole truth. You find out about the secret space program, you get the technology, you get to find out that ETs are real, maybe they introduce you to some of them. We find out that we're part of a galactic neighborhood. We find out that we're going through our growing pains to be able to get to join those people who are really cool people for the most part, except for this small contingent which we can defeat, the negative ones. We have parity with their technology now in the secret space program. We can fight them on their own turf. You know, there's the compartmented, deep, deep black secret space program stuff that's corporate military industrial complex, and that's broken away, and that's its own thing. But here on Earth, the DIA, the DIA's version of the secret space program, they already now have parity with the Draco, meaning we can fight them. We have comparable weapons, comparable ships, and we can win. So that's a very, very valuable thing because we're going to need to defend ourselves against new enemies as all this, as we grow up and we become part of a planetary and galactic civilization, uh, which does not mean new world order, by the way. I believe in sovereignty. And nonetheless, we're going to have freedom. We're going to have a whole new level of freedom and we're going to have new wars to fight, including getting rid of the bad guys, which I fully support. Why wouldn't I? If we could kick these reptilians in the ass and get them out of here, I, I totally support that, you know? Absolutely, and, and you might get to use some really cool technology while you're doing it. So the House is gonna push, oh my God, we gotta get rid of Attorney General Bill Barr. This is a partisan attack. It's only to help the President of the United States. It's not true. They're lying, they made it all up. We gotta open up these investigations. And then they say, full disclosure, Delcast, which again has an interesting secret meaning. Full disclosure provides truth. Foreign corroboration provides truth. 
What happens when corporate media knowingly pushes false information that is propaganda? What happens when corporate media can no longer be trusted? The silent war continues. Well, let me tell you, okay? If corporate media is knowingly lying to you to steal elections, that is treason, that is subversion, that is the overthrowing of democracy, and that is a crime, and there's going to be sealed indictments. So yeah, there's, and then they're showing you how the people in the Obama administration, the Clinton administration, are directly embedded. They're married to the top people in the media. So yeah, this is all part of a deeper operation, and there's going to be arrests. And, it's, and, and the main thing that we got to deal with here is all the people who really, really can't stand the president that are going to be all freaked out and think that this is this big, scary coup, when in fact, the coup is what was prevented, okay? And the coup has been prevented in multiple different ways. But again, if the whole reason why they, somebody did this thing, this pandemic as a bioweapon, Look at the exact timing, the mathematical improbability of this timing and how it throws off the normal election process and ballots by mail, which can be totally manipulated. It's, it's, it stinks, okay? It's, it's very, very bizarre what's going on. Okay, another slide. When does the non-disclosure agreement expire regarding Drudge Report's sale to a foreign entity? Now, this is something we all need to be aware of, everybody. It's a very big thing. Let's read it. It says, when does the NDA expire regarding Drudge R sale to foreign entity? Think 2020 presidential election plus one, maybe a year later, afterwards. That's the first time you find out Drudge got bought out by a quote-unquote foreign entity. Removal blackout coming of pro-president accounts. So they're going to knock off social media accounts. They're going to blacklist, take them down. When, by any means necessary, all assets of the darkness will be deployed in this election the sleepers who are appearing to be pro, like Drudge, will shift their position and become nay. And then they say Paul Ryan Fox. Now, I've noticed this, okay? It's a sad thing because Drudge is the biggest site on the internet. And even though sometimes he was going too far to the right for my taste, there's a lot of great stuff on there. Even though it had a lot of mainstream media links, he would seem to curate and find the best stuff from that collection. And if you do the homework and you dig in there and you look for things, you can find good stuff. Well, I've been noticing myself a disturbing trend on Drudge Report where he's starting to say more and more stuff that appears to pander to the deep state's agenda while still appearing to be supportive. He's slipping a lot. And he's doing really crazy stuff. Like he had several slides, two days, where he had these alarmist headlines where they had Trump's picture on the U.S. dollar and all this hysteria about the fact that his name is on the checks that people are getting from the Treasury. Well, he is the president. I mean, come on. It's not a big deal. Everybody's so offended. Oh, I'm so offended. I just, I can't handle it. I'm so offended. Okay, well, they want you to be that way. It's an outrage machine. Because if you're offended, you're distracted, you're off balance, and they can just push you. Oops, oops, I guess we lost the whole world because we kept the thing shut down because, oh my God, the deaths are so bad. Okay, well, yeah, the deaths are so bad if we don't reopen the economy. And, like, you have to do that. You cannot sacrifice a greater number of people to, to save a smaller number of people. It's simple math. It doesn't work, right? So now you can't trust Drudge Report. That's what they're telling you on cue. Drudge Report has been compromised. There's a secret contract, and you're not going to find out until after the election. So we, we now must expect Drudge will betray 
and he will actually tell you to vote against <laughs> the guy that he supposedly was supporting. So, you know, maybe this isn't a big deal to you, and maybe, ha, 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 you know, serves him right. Okay, fine, but you know what? Let's just see the indictments. Let's just find out what does Q want to tell us, and then let's make up our mind. Don't draw conclusions. Figure out what the hell this thing is first before you open your mouth and try to think that you know everything, because I don't know everything. We don't have all the answers. And when this thing comes out, it's going to be amazing. So just hang in there and wait for the goods to happen. Now, here's another one. Important to understand, this must be done by the book. This is April 15th, which interestingly enough would have been tax day, and we all got a break from that, and I certainly am grateful for that. A little more time, you know, this time of year can be very stressful for people. So here's an anonymous uh, person, you could say anonymous coward, but again, you know, you're not really a coward, or you're still participating, and I appreciate that. You have to sense the tension building cue, it's becoming a tinderbox. So this is basically a verbalization of something that has to be a sentiment that is very widespread amongst even the most woke audience that follows Q. The idea that, hey, uh, guys, this is getting pretty effed up. And like, are you sure that you're not like just screwing up really badly and you're not telling us and the plan is not to be trusted? And maybe where we go one, we're not going all. Maybe one is going over here and all is going somewhere else. No, 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 no. Where we go one, we go all. Trust the plan. They saw the future with Looking Glass. They've told you the events that are coming will shock the world, that there's going to be a global televised sit-down. Look, they don't, they're not going to screw up. They're not going to waste this opportunity, and they're not going to fail. They have multiple, I've had the briefings, there's multiple, multiple, multiple backup plans of how this gets done, and it could be totally different than anything that we heard. You might not even get the three days, okay? And they might be able to take advantage of unexpected plot twists and geopolitical developments that could be used to their benefit, right? So, this is <coughs> a verbalized question, and I'm so glad they did this, because politically, in my opinion, they really need to have a voice of, of confidence, and, and security. So somebody's saying, come on, you got to sense the tension building. This is becoming a tinderbox. All the unspoken stuff is there. Like, well, what if you guys are figuring out that you're not going to pull this off and we're about to go into a 5G reptilian slave state and you all are just not telling us because you're hoping not to tip us off so that we freak out? Okay, well, Q comes back and says, no, 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 it's all good. Everything's fine. So let's hear what they had to say on this because this is very important. First of all, imagine if we weren't here, right? If they weren't here, we would be so much more screwed right now because of all the things they're doing. While difficult, it is important to understand this, meaning this operation, this mass arrest, must be done by the book. Average people must be able to digest and accept events factually. And then it says, uh, FISA lead-in, stage one, act one. This is where they do the indictments, right? They're telling you they're about to do that. So everybody finds out, hey, they actually did try to steal the election from the President of the United States. They didn't say the truth. It wasn't Russia that hacked the DNC emails. Bad actors had to be removed. Good actors had to be installed. Sleepers had to be uncovered in the public eye. And now, check this out. We are ready. Think Barr, Attorney General Bill Barr, going public. 
there you have it. Average people must learn. So this whole thing was orchestrated with stuff like the Podesta emails in 2016, which they blamed on Russia. It's not true. Ordinary people had to find out about Epstein and then this weird, oh yeah, he committed suicide in a cell where the bed sheets are made out of paper so you can't hang yourself with them. But oh yeah, well he just hung himself somehow. We don't know how because it's suicide prevention and there's supposed to be round the clock surveillance on there and oh by the way, oops, they made a mistake and they lost the footage. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and then everybody says Epstein didn't kill himself. Well that's what the Alliance wants you to think. Harvey Weinstein, Hollywood, rotten to the core. Where at the, global, at the Golden Globes, you got Ricky Gervais openly joking about pedophilia. And, and then, you know, people going, hmm, like that. And you know who that is. So, yeah, it's pretty freaking weird. And people have to have the time. You have to see Harvey Weinstein actually go and get indicted and get arrested. And right after he got arrested is when all this stuff went into warp drive with the virus and everything, okay? So it's crazy to think this way, but again, they will win the election at all costs. Uh, you, could, might, you might as well write in Baphomet, you know, at this point. <laughs> and they don't care. They don't care how many people die. They don't care. And it's important that we learn about this. And if you watch that movie Out of Shadows, that is the red pill, baby. If you haven't seen it already, go watch it. Uh, you're probably going to enjoy it more than the One World Order Festival. Oh, did I just say that? It's the One World, sorry, the One World Festival. It's not One World Order. It's just One World. Just, uh... Anyway, uh, this is so exciting because guess what, folks? The official source is telling you, get ready. We are ready. We are going public. We had to drag it out. We had to make it so that ordinary people could learn what's going on. It takes duration and time. That's the sad part is that the negative has been able to do this stuff and kill these innocent people with this virus. It's a sacrifice. It's terrible that there had to be a sacrifice at all, but all of this was necessary. And again, QAnon is constantly quoting, where we go one, we go all, which is the buzz phrase from that movie White Squall that features a group of sailors who get into a big storm and then they uh, go on trial and they're being blamed for the deaths on the ship, but it's a storm. And so the storm is what we're in now. And they've been talking about this the president talked about this, the storm is coming, but we're in it, okay? And then the next one, 3970, patriots, our voices and votes matter now more than ever. This is April 15th again, and somebody asked, when will our voice and vote matter again, Q? And they said, it does now, patriot, more than ever. Think 2016, think 2020, think of the world awakening. The world awakening, so that's a very interesting phrase that they haven't used before that this thing that they're going to do is going to be so big as we get through each of the stages of it. It could happen in multiple stages. It's probably not going to be all at once. The first round of indictments will be FISA-related, but then that opens up a narrative that will lead to people asking more questions. Then you get more indictments, you get more arrests, you find out other stuff. It's going to get big. It's a world awakening. Very, very exciting. Then they had this one. Uh, April 15th again, frogs to destroy them. Now, I went and I looked this up, and this is a quote from Psalms, and if I'd had more time, I could have pulled the whole Bible quote, but suffice it to say, you can go back to me now, suffice it to say that this is talking about a strange part of the angry God in the Old Testament, where, he's where the angry God in the Old Testament is talking about delivering plagues to mankind. 
and it sounds very similar to what the cabal is doing right now. So I think the analogy they're making is that they see themselves as gods, and they are the angry god that is trying to destroy life on earth. Now, the Law of One does say some very interesting stuff about the Old Testament Yahweh. They say that there was an original positive entity that was replaced by a negative entity. A positive entity would not want to destroy your firstborn children, create famines and plagues and pestilences, and basically just destroy a whole bunch of lives. So there's a lot of great stuff in the Old Testament. The Kabbalah is great. There's some really beautiful, inspired scripture in there, and there's some really weird stuff in there, and you've got to be able to parse those things. Now, here's probably the next thing that they did on Q recently that is very, very controversial, but it's in your face. And again, a person is innocent until proven guilty, so I have no proof of anything. I just want to make that clear. But they made some statements about the Twitter CEO, Jack Dorsey. Now think about how difficult it would be to actually get the address on Twitter, the Twitter handle, at Jack. Okay? That would have probably been taken right at the beginning, back when it first got started. And it was, and it was taken by the guy who formed it, uh, who might be involved in some really bad stuff. Uh, based on this Q drop, but here he is. This is Jack Dorsey. Um, he has kind of a haunted look on his face. You know, he's got the nose ring, he's got the beard, he's got the wild hair. But anyway, check this out. Twitter CEO Jack Dorsey tweets about pasta and satanic verses, May 24th, 2006. And they give the link, and then it says, it will be your choice whether to know. So before we get into what this thing says, which again is, you know, it's, it's a big deal. So uh, it's scary and it's still out there. It was out there at the time that I went on Twitter. They said it will be your choice whether to know. Now here's what I think that means. I think they will provide you with resources as these arrests and indictments come down that will tell you what is going on and where you could look if you want to know more but they're not going to make it all that public so that it's not shoved in your face. Because honestly, people have families, people have children, and you have to be able to put your kids to bed at night, and they have to be able to close their eyes and go to sleep. And so you can't really tell everybody everything. You have to kind of, and that's what they've said at Q a lot, is that people are not going to go down for the big stuff publicly, but you'll be able to find out. Um, it's just that the main charges that people are going to get hit with are not going to be uh, all of this stuff that's related to the deep, weird things. So, again, May 24th, 2006, and I clicked on the link, and this is what I found. Okay? This is actually real. Okay? This is Jack Dorsey. He is the CEO of Twitter. And here he is making his own tweet. And you can see his face there without all the hair, but, you know, it's the same dude. At Jack, right? And he's got the official check mark. Um, May 23rd, 2006, making the good pasta, reading through some amazing parts of the satanic verses, the golden threads begin to intertwine. Now, most of these, uh, most modern Satanism is actually based on Aleister Crowley, and Aleister Crowley's order is called the Order of the Golden Dawn. So he says the golden threads, and he puts the word golden in parentheses, the golden threads begin to intertwine. So anybody who is a Crowleyite, who is into Crowleyana, who has been reading the Crowley stuff and practicing these sick ceremonies that they do, would understand what he means when he says golden, when he says, I'm reading through some amazing parts of the satanic verses. Now this is 2006. This is before 
all this crazy stuff happened. Uh, this is before Pizzagate. This is before we learned that CP, cheese pizza, is a code for child pornography. It's in the official FBI database. There's people that were arrested. There was actually a place called Dojo Pizza that was arrested for pedophilia. I believe it was in New Jersey. Uh, it was a martial arts dojo and a pizzeria, and they also had this child trafficking thing going on at the same time. There's a lot of really sad stuff, but the point is that when they use the term pasta, uh, this is a reference to boys, and it's a reference to uh, having sex with children, apparently, and it also apparently could be a reference to eating the children. Hence, they make food references like pizza, pasta, hot dogs. So it's really, really dark. Now, does that mean that Jack Dorsey is doing this? No. Is it possible that he's only talking about making good pasta, as in cooking regular spaghetti? Yes, it's possible. And he is innocent until proven guilty, and I would never in any way imply that this is what really was going on. But yet again, if you look at the reference of pasta and satanic verses and golden all in the same little tweet, it's pretty freaking strange. So Jack, you know, um, sorry buddy, sorry to have to talk about this. Uh, please don't ban my Twitter account <laughs> just for talking about this because everybody's talking about it. But uh, there's his tweet when I clicked on it. And here's a picture that might not be too different than some other ones that we might be seeing pretty soon of him. And by the way, just for fun, let's, let's look at how much he's worth right now. He's worth $3.8 billion as of today. I looked it up today. That is a lot of money. And guess what? The, the President of the United States, guess how much he's worth right now? Almost half. So this is, this is a, a lot of information to take in. I understand that. And again, um, innocent until proven guilty in a court of law. And let's hope that that is an oversight or that it was a very inappropriate joke or something. I don't know. How do you... Pasta reference in 2006 with satanic verse with a, and, and then he also just so happens to be Worth twice as much as the president of the United States and he's the CEO of Twitter and big tech has been doing all this crazy stuff And Twitter has been shadow banning like crazy um, But they're actually the least evil compared to Google and Facebook, right? But again um, a lot of really crazy stuff going on here, so just so that we can recap this, um, this, this kind of brings me up to date with the Q stuff that I want to share today. Um, and last but not least, before we go into our meditation, there's one more thing that I want to do real quick, which is to go through just a couple highlights. Because remember, last Wednesday, I went through prophecies of uh, these readings that I got in 1996. So just to review, um, I was really big into Art Bell, and I was really big into uh, remote viewing because that was one of the main things Art was talking about. I learned through one of his guests, uh, Dr. Courtney Brown, that uh, there was a series of practices that would get remote viewing to work. I wanted to try it out for myself, and I started to be able to hear uh, a still small voice when I woke up in the morning, and I could still remember my dreams. I talked to a guy online named Joe Mason, who has the website greatdreams.com, and he taught me how to do this dream voice technique. I blended his advice with the remote viewing protocols that were studied from things like uh, Dr. Courtney Brown's book on remote viewing, and I started to listen in the morning and hear these things that I could make out amongst my dreams. This is after I'd been writing my dreams down for four years every morning. 
Lo and behold, what I got was verbal messages coming through. Starting on November the 10th, the clarity started to get more understandable as time went on through the month of December, through the month of November 96. And then in December 96, there was a whole bunch of really weird cryptic stuff. Now, the cryptic stuff included some very flagrant prophecies of 9-11. We went through all that, how they were encoded. Uh, very amazing. And um, it wasn't until the coronavirus thing started that I went back to the book that I just finished and went into some of the same readings that I had just quoted from at the end of the book. The source was apparently an extraterrestrial. It was a series of them that would be these angelic types, these elders or midwayers or anshar or whatever you want to call them, tall whites, um, angels, if you will. But they are real positive ETs that are working with our governments to try to help the planet go in a positive direction, stay on the positive timeline. They began speaking to me through this method in 1996, and I never understood most of what happened in December 96. It was all very encrypted. I went back to it and I discovered, oh my God, there's all these things that reference the current pandemic. I was able to get 400 words into the new book that's coming out on June 2nd at the very last page, 400 words about this. So I just want to review some of the, uh, just a couple of the highlights, because that thing went on for five hours. So anyway, December 3rd, 1996, this is the one that was in the book, um, where it said, and a lot of this is cryptic, because that's the way the dream voice works. It said, I'm bringing in a large Italian sub with tomatoes. And so again, in the full context, this appears to be the idea that Italy was going to have a lot of COVID problems, and that a lot of this is dealing with food, that we all have to you know, we can't get food anymore uh, at a, in a restaurant, so you have to have it delivered. So you're bringing in an Italian sub, meaning you're getting it delivered to the house, but it's also a reference to Italy. So again, that is what you should have for lunch today. It seems to be talking about the pandemic and people getting deliveries. We will orchestrate this image as time progresses. Now this, again, back in the day, because I didn't know if my data was clean or if I was getting bad data, it said by 2010, Germs will have rid the earth of many problems. Overpopulation is nothing to scoff at. Now, I noticed when I went back and looked at this, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. First of all, I was worried that maybe I was getting a negative influence, that maybe negative entities were influencing the feed, because we don't think that problems are needing to be removed by germs. We don't think that overpopulation is something that should be fought by germs, right? That sounds like the negative elite. That sounds like their agenda, not the positive side. So, uh-oh, was this a negative statement? Was this a negative passage? Well, wait a minute. First of all, germs will have rid the earth of many problems, okay? The problems in this case, in context, appear to be talking about the deep state and how they've infected our society. And then they say overpopulation is nothing to scoff at. That's the elite's perspective. So now I noticed that this is an encoded thing. If they had told me the year 2020, first of all, it would have tipped off the enemy. It would have been too specific and it would have made me realize that 2012 was not anything that important. Whereas 2012 for me, the things that I expected to see in 2012 are happening now. So we are on that timeline, but the exact end date of the Mayan calendar was 2012. Now, granted, we had some crazy stuff happen beginning of 2013. The global surveillance disclosures of Edward Snowden revealed a lot more about the deep state. That was a big part of the awakening. So a lot of stuff did happen. And we are in an ongoing awakening process. So this is not just all going to happen in one sudden moment. 
It's an ongoing process. However, I now see this passage as encoded. So let's go back to the passage and try to decipher this thing. First of all, 2010 is only a one digit away from the year that we're in now, right? And you can see that very easily because if you add 10 to 2010, you get 2020, which means you just change the one into a two, you add one more digit to the one and you get the correct date. So like I said, if they had said 2020, it would have ruined my 2012 incentive plan where I crammed all these books together thinking that the world was gonna end in 2012. I crammed five books into one and that was my source field book. Because normally I could have written five books and had a good career from that. I said, nope, I'm gonna do it all at once. It might have also tipped off the cabal, as I said. And then again, as I said last time, in harmonic math, you can always knock off the zeros to get to the core vibration of the number. In which case, again, you have 201 and you just add one and you get 202. So again, without the zero, you have 2010 and you can take off the zero and you get 201. And then with 201, you could turn it into a 20 and a one and play around with numbers a little bit. And again, just change it by one, one more time. 20 minus one is 19, COVID-19. Now here's the next encoded thing. By 2010, which could again be a code for 2020, it's only one digit away, germs will have rid the earth of many problems. This is actually talking about the cabal. Overpopulation is nothing to scoff at. Well, scoff at sounds like cough at. So that's an interesting thing. Nothing to cough at is like the dry cough of coronavirus. So that could be another layer of this. They give you the year that's only off by one digit. They say nothing to cough at. They reference the dry cough. Now we got to look at the exact wording of this weird passage, which again, there was many others that predict the future very accurately during this time. Let's isolate the most unique and strange wordings. Okay, so the first strange wording, as I said before, was have rid. Now this is a typo and they know this. It should be have ridden. But have rid actually changes the way that it's worded. And then of course, the other strange wording is scoff at. So then I just take scoff have rid, and sure enough, all the letters of COVID are in that name. Specifically, you can highlight them, and they're in it, and they're in the right order. Have rid, you got a V and an ID for the vid of COVID, and scoff, cough, co. So then again, the 20 minus one for 19, because again, you, you, you bump it up by one, you get 2020, you bump it down by one, you get 19, COVID-19 in the year 2020. And I actually think this is real. So again, by 2010, germs will have rid the earth of many problems. Overpopulation is nothing to scoff at. And then it says, it is like this much when you have this much as opposed to this much. And I was shown the image of a person weighing things in their hands like the scales of justice. You just had Q talking about justice needs to be blind. And this is of course planetary justice. The many problems that the germs will be ridding the earth of are the cabal-related problems, actually, and justice will be served. Now I'm gonna jump ahead to December 7th. There's many others in here that I'm skipping over. I'm just giving you some of the very best ones where it said he had a whole day of Krishnamurti, and then while the, the source was transmitting to me, I heard the sound as if the being was sneezing, and out loud I said, bless you. So that was something there, and Krishna is the god of war. And then there was also, um, I actually sneezed as I was doing this, as I was transcribing it. Uh, so I noticed the timing of two sneezes. Uh, 
because they got me to sneeze while I was doing the transcript. Again, this is interesting. The God of War, the sound of sneezing. What kind of a sneezing war is going on? Well, in the next one, they say this. A copycat will never go far. Copycat criminals are what they're talking about here. If they had a plastic cup, they might be incarcerated. Well, again, the idea here is at the point that we're in now in society, if you were to touch a plastic cup with your lips or even your hands and then give it to someone, you could be incarcerated. So that's a prophetic glimpse of what we are into now. It's up to the staff to deal with it responsibly. And then they say, sometimes the matrix of the matrix quarantines you. So they're talking about the quarantine. They're talking about the plastic cup getting you incarcerated. And then they say, when dirty water splashes up in your face, you can't snap your fingers like that anymore. They're talking about contamination, pathogens, all that stuff. And then it says, how about money for Christmas? Well, we're going to be gifted money like a Christmas gift from the government as this happens. That's happening already. You've got to pay the mortgage. It doesn't move. Well, whatever is going to happen, people are not going to be able to pay the mortgage because that bill doesn't move. Money for Christmas, you're going to be gifted money as we go through this pandemic. And then it says, well, I'm up here. I'm glad I signed up this year. The insurance will be outrageous. I'm putting a hot water bottle here and here. So again, it's these very strange, dreamlike, maybe it's true, maybe it's BS, I don't know, but they're talking about all the things that we would see. Quarantine, uh, the, the war, justice happening, you've got to pay the mortgage, money for Christmas, the insurance is going to be outrageous, and the hot water bottle here and here because everybody's getting sick. And then, in December 10th, one of my favorite ones, the patriarchy will be dismantled, and this is all in context of pandemic prophecies before, during, and after. Let's see when the big happening occurs. June 3rd, July 10th, by that season, people will be sick of it. Scissors on the ground, stuff like that. I just don't want to see people beginning to hurt themselves. This will be a very crazy time for most. So, I believe, and I don't know this for a fact, but I believe that my source in 1996 is talking about what's happening now and is, and is giving us some windows of when the big happening, which is, again, I think the big reveal could be, and they're saying that it could last, this problem we're in right now could last until June 3rd or even July 10th. And again, Q did say no specific dates, but again, this is a prophecy from 1996. I hardly think they're worried about that. And again, I'm not saying even by those dates anything will have happened. But this prophecy seems to tell us we might have to wait longer than we want, but don't worry, the patriarchy will be dismantled. By the time we're into June and July, people are going to be really sick of the shutdown. And it said this will be a very crazy time for most. But there's more prophecies from there. This is not the last one. <coughs> and then they say, third stone from the sun, which is a reference to Earth as a planet. Time to do some puddle jumping. That's talking about becoming a spacefaring race. In my opinion, this is the big one, right? They, they, this really blew me away. It might be very good for you to be familiar with the feelings that I, as an angelic being, the one speaking, a woman, actually, that I am going to have. Several of my feelings that I will have include encasements, dealing with infective tissue, infected waste. And I'll say this again like I did in the last show. I honestly, uh, let's go back to the camera. I honestly do believe that this is a prophecy that's accurate because I remember when it came through in 1996 going, oh man, 
I hope that we don't get some weird, germy, buggy, viral end of the world where a bunch of people die from a virus. Um, so anyway, uh, these are really exciting prophecies, and we're getting to the meditation in just a minute here, but I wanted to give you this first. I can deal with it as long as I can handle it, and then it says, that's the most infective and horrible problem of people not going to blight right now. Like I said, it will be no problem. You'll be able to see something. So, now what in the world would they say that for? Why would they say that it's a horrible problem that people did not go to blight right now in 1996? Well, the answer is that the Earth is actually doing really well. Uh, without of all, all of our pollution-spitting technology, you're getting alpine-level air quality in places like Los Angeles. You're getting New Delhi, which used to be up around 800 in the air quality index, which is three times beyond lethal, now down at a 41. People in the cabal inside whistleblowers were telling me that our technology as it is now is too destructive to the Earth for them to allow the whole planet to develop. They, they've been deliberately keeping Southeast Asia and Africa and places like this, this is the evil people, right? They've been deliberately keeping them underdeveloped, not having power, not having cars, not having our modern technology because they felt that it would destroy the earth too quickly. But again, you guys, all you have to do is release the stuff we already have. We get clean energy. That means no pollution. And it's not going to happen right away. But if we can get everybody hooked into a global shutdown, staying home, why can't we get people into a new Manhattan Project or a new World War II effort where we start building technology that's going to clean up the garbage, clean up the atmosphere, and save the planet? So if the planet could have gone into something like this back in 1996, if the planet had been blighted back then, then we would have had the opportunity for all these things to happen back then, and so much damage from 1996 until 2020 could have been avoided. Our, our, our planet is in trouble, okay? We are going over the cliff, and that's a scary thing. So I just want to, again, remind you about these prophecies that came through in December 96, how amazing they are, that they talk about. It will be no problem. You're going to get through this. Um, that, 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 you know, the encoded messages about COVID-19, that I'll be dealing with infective tissue, infected waste, all this kind of stuff. So this is an evolving investigation, um, and again, I just want to redirect you back to Awakening in the Dream. This is the book that I wrote, um, not realizing that all the readings that I quote from were, had COVID prophecies in them, but now I look at the art that we all agreed on, and, and you know, I, I had final say on the art, and we ended up making it so that the guy's head looks like he's got a big coronavirus in it, you know? Um, and I don't think that's an accident. I think that even the cover of the book is prophetic. And all these readings that I quote from at the end of the book in December 96, those are the exact readings I quote from, and there we are. The, the quotes from 1996 uh, are, are all in there, and now we find out what they really mean, and I got it into the back page. So, uh, in addition to the book, we also have decided to do this, this one thing. In light of all this crazy stuff that's going on with the One World uh, Festival today that they're doing, it's got like everybody who's anybody in it, and uh, they're trying to steer the narrative. We have decided to give you another chance if you wanted to get into 
my Great Awakening class, we have reopened the admissions. So if you get in today or tomorrow, uh, tomorrow I'm going to be doing probably again close to five hours here on this set and I'm going deeply into the spiritual stuff of how do I get those readings? How did I get those prophecies to come through? How was I able to be that accurate? Only two, um, what? Not, it was one month after I started. We only read up to December 10th, so that was within 30 days of the first time that I tried the technique based upon Joe Mason's Dream Voice protocols, military remote viewing protocols, and then what I added to it. Now, in addition to that, it also is true, and I talk about this extensively in the book, that dreams are your ticket to psychic readings. If you've ever wanted to get an expert psychic reading, all you need to do is remember a dream and then understand the language. Okay? Now, I was setting this up last week in the first class, and we actually had testimonials come in where people were saying that just what I gave you last week from the Law of One, by quoting it from its own text, was worth the entire price of admission. That that one five-hour lecture was so good that they, even if I didn't do anything else, they felt like they got what they paid for. And so I put a lot of time and care into this stuff. I do a great set of slides, and we're going to teach you the language of dreaming, which is all important. You have to learn how that language works if you want to be able to decipher your dreams, because they will predict the future. As I said last week in the class, as long as your heart is open, they talk about this in Law of One, when your heart is open, universal law allows you to start getting prophecies. If you don't have an open heart, you're not going to get prophetic dreams. But then again, you can solve that, right? You could open your heart. So you could <laughs> it's not like you're screwed. If you don't have an open heart, you just have to open your heart. So anyway, uh, we have a whole bunch of really cool stuff. Um, five modules with me, three modules with Elizabeth, two Q&A sessions with me. So the total amount of time that you're going to get is probably well over 30 hours of content. Um, and so it's, it's actually very affordable if you look at it that way, because we're only really looking at a little over $10 an hour, um, I guess, or something like that. So anyway, this is a great way for you to help us out. So if, you, if you've had second thoughts, if you'd like to see if maybe you could get results like that and, and start predicting the future, look, I want people to learn this stuff and I want people to start practicing it, that means you. But I need your help because this information is not suitable to just be leaked out online openly. I gotta have a little bit of initiation involved in you getting access to this stuff. So there's gonna be really cool sacred science, dream analysis and interpretation, uh, learning. I expect that once you get this class that you will understand what your dreams are telling you. You'll be able to decipher what they mean and any time you remember a dream, you are getting a psychic reading that is the most tailor-made to exactly what your higher self wants you to know in the now. What could be more important than that right now? We need this, okay? So I just wanted to make that case. Um, the card is open. The link is down in the description thing. But you could also just type in ascensionmysteryschool.com. And that's the main website that we have for this. Um, I'm not going to keep boring you with this because I hate marketing and you probably hate it too, okay? But it really does help us greatly if you wanted to do this with us. But before, you know, we close, we, we do want to do that global meditation. So let's cut to this wide shot here and let's get this going.
All right. Yeah, if you want to stare at me like a voyeur during the meditation, I don't really care. You can do that. But there's nothing else to look at, so you might as well just close your eyes because it's going to get really boring. I invite you to take a nice deep breath. And gently exhale. And then, once again, take a nice deep breath. And just let it go. Finding a strong and peaceful center within yourself. Becoming ever more deeply relaxed. As you let yourself go into a calm tranquility. like you're lying in a beautiful hammock on a tropical beach. The air is the perfect warm temperature. You can smell and hear the ocean. You hear the seagulls. Maybe even the sounds of dolphins. And the gentle breeze as it laps the surf against the shoreline. And you feel the warmth of the sun on your skin. The smell of the cocoa butter in your suntan lotion. The sweetness of the mixed drink that you may have. Whatever it's mixed with, fruit juices. And you're so deeply relaxed. No harm is coming your way, and you are in paradise. And whatever place brings up the most peaceful and loving imagery for you, wherever you feel the most safe and the most happy, you can always bring it back. 
you can think about the happiest place on earth for you, whatever that may be. And how deeply relaxed you feel when you are there. And how wonderful that experience is for you. And as you breathe ever more deeply, I invite you to look at those things in yourself that haven't quite added up, where you have felt frustrated or abandoned or alone or sad. And notice that this happy place is yours to visit with your mind any time you want. That the planet is becoming that happy place, that paradise, that tropical oasis. where people say what they really mean in a loving way, where there are no hidden agendas, no lies, no secrets, no deception, no trickery, no deceit. where you feel safe in your community. You feel safe in your home. You'll, you feel safe to share what you really think in a loving way and not be criticized. And your heart is healing. Imagine all that weight, all that pain easing away as you ease your way into greater peace, greater happiness, greater faith and trust in a loving creation. And you find yourself elevating, becoming lighter, more abundant, not having to worry about money, not having to worry about scarcity, not having to worry about betrayal and fear and anger and pain. You are the change. The change begins with you. How you think now, how you think about yourself. Do you love yourself? Do you love that person? who you see in the mirror. Can you finally give that person a break? Yeah, okay, that's not right, that's not right, that's not right, I got all that. But you know what? Isn't love enough? Aren't you good enough? I say that you are, we say that you are good enough. And you are invited 
to meditate on your own value, on how deeply you are loved by all of us, how much we are pushing for you to succeed, to learn that you don't need to control and manipulate other people. You don't need to deceive. You don't need to tell lies. You don't need to strive for material things, money, power, and possessions. This is a game in which everybody wins, in which we all have happiness and peace in our own minds. And you can see how this change begins in you. In your happiness, in your consistency of love. Consistency of a meditative peace that carries itself with you as you go throughout your day. And letting the others around you off the hook. You don't need to torment them. You don't need to be afraid of what they might say or do. If someone actually delivers something unkind or unpleasant or disruptive to you, you can peacefully deal with it as it happens. But you don't need to live in a state of fight or flight. You don't need to be bracing for the next problem and anticipating possible insults or injuries or slights. You can just be in love. And you're so relaxed right now. What else would you want to be in? It feels good to be at peace. It feels good to laugh to smile at someone, to share happiness with someone, to pick up that phone and call the people you love and care about and let them know how valuable they are and how much you appreciate them. It feels good to appreciate all those who are making a difference on earth, the healthcare workers, the military fighting a secret war for the freedom of humanity, and all others who are working to bring about a true golden age for humanity. Imagine that this love is a white light containing all seven colors of the rainbow, all seven densities, of the universe, the pure Logos, the mind of the Creator, as an intelligent and aware principle. Imagine that living light that is so warm and so inviting that you never really knew what home was until you encountered it. And only then do you really know what being home actually means. And everything else besides that home is a side thought, a separate journey, a distancing from who you really are 
as a being of pure, magnificent, radiant perfection and love. And nothing else really matters at all. Give yourself that love. Let yourself be okay. You are invited to forgive yourself for things you may have said or done in the past when you weren't really seeing how it all works like you do now. It's okay to take yourself down off the cross as it were to let yourself be forgiven for whatever it is that might have taken place. For ultimately, you do understand that karma is an absolute law. And most likely, the things you've already said and done have been balanced. You just didn't get the memo. But in this peaceful place, you see how all is whole and complete and perfect as it is. Now envision this white light engulfing the entire planet in love, such that if any disturbing or occult imagery or themes are used today in the One World Festival, that they will not significantly change the outcome in any way that we are becoming peaceful, more positive, more loving and supportive. And any steps that are taken will only lead inexorably to that conclusion. Envision the planet waking up. Envision indictments unsealing, arrests happening. And that deep inner satisfaction, that knowing in your core that now things are going to be okay. The good guys took a stand to save the planet, restore freedom. And it's okay that this happened. It's a wonderful thing. And we truly only want to all be able to coexist and live in harmony and peace together without having our minds and our bodies poisoned with lies and pathogens and tricks and deceit. Truthfulness, honesty, openness, collaboration, all very positive ideals as we become an awakened world. And now I ask you to invite that light to give you any messages or visions it may have for you. And I will hold silence as you ask this question. What do you want me to know right now, today, for myself?
You are so loved beyond your wildest dreams. So many beings in physical and non-physical form embracing you, showering you with light. So looking forward to your graduation, to your awakening, to your unfoldment as a higher dimensional being. This is attainable and it is up to you. You can do it. You have the power within yourself to open your heart and be ready for this global transformation, the Great Awakening. We send this light to all those in need of prayer and healing, those who are suffering from respiratory ailments, other problems. We hope that all get the care and the help they need, that no one dies alone, and many shall live and get through this with peace and health, if they are so suffering at this time. And may we always remember in the greatest sense that you are the light, you are the love, you are the one infinite creator. This is as it was, as it is now, and as it always shall be. And nothing and no one can ever take that from you. And so it is. All right, that was fun. Let's go back to the close shot. All right, well, that's all the time we have in this exciting, fun-filled, not in the least bit disturbing broadcast about <laughs> Satanism and cannibalism. Look, this stuff isn't going to be going on much longer, and I'm so happy that the plan is turning out for the good. And do uh, you want to say anything? Well, <laughs> we are co-creators, and so how we use our free will and what we choose to focus on, what we choose to say, and what we choose to envision is very powerful. So getting together like this, envisioning beauty, envisioning peace, envisioning health and freedom for all of humanity, for the animals, for the elements, and for this earth itself is very powerful. And so thank you so much for being here. And may we all continue to hold this vision of beauty in our hearts. Amen. Aho. <laughs> we'll see you next time. And we got it under three hours. So I'm going to go hit stop here. <laughs>